Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Fast Travel Lounge. You're listening to episode 89. My name is Patrick. I'm joined by Seth. Say hi. Hello. And Steve. Say hi. Bum, 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 bum. Wow. Oh, uh, is that is that you uh, mimicking to a weirdly perfect degree the sound of Starfield being cracked but even being released yet? Not sure why you'd bring that up. Now, let's be fair. We have to thank the people that got early access. They were beta <laughs> testing for us and got the crack out. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. How's it? How's it? Um, performance on PlayStation. There. A whole nice zero FPS. Well, I mean, now, now that it's cracked, we can uh, run it on uh, PlayStation. <laughs> Do you imagine? I actually saw one of the mods going around is like um to change the Xbox controller schemes like a PlayStation controller. Like when you got button prompts instead of saying press A, it'll say press uh, triangle. I mean that's just a nice thing to have on PC ports. Yeah, yeah, but like at the same time, like it's not funny. The Xbox is the best controller. The Xbox three. Actually, spe- speaking of stuff, I guess stuff is going to be the intro thing because hey, it's a big deal that it's it's basically out or coming out real soon. Um, it was funny that I I can't think of another time when the IGN reviewer openly asks in the video review for modders to help him fix a couple of the issues he had with the game. I think it's just one of those things that are stock stand with Bethesda games. Like, I think it's kind of sure sad at the same time. Like, a Bethesda release comes out and everyone's first reaction is, God, I hope the modders can fix this. Like, the moment it's announced, they're like, yeah, great, I'm excited for what the mods will do for this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> g- genuinely, it's, it's sort of like, it's, it's sort of weird, right? Because you have uh, a, a team, a clearly very passionate team that has created this thing to begin with and now that it's out they're like hey how about a bunch of people that basically don't get that basically don't have any skin in the game in this just go and change all your work uh without it even being out for a day i don't know that i think it's one of those things like you got to expect it like don't go playing in the sand pit and then have a whinge when someone's building a sandcastle when you're building a an upside down bucket or something uh i, I think uh, yeah it, it is very funny when you think about it it's like yeah, but I, I, I'm not sure if at this point Bethesda games are just tools for modders. But then at the same time, I've seen some of those mods uh, for Skyrim and those people need Jesus. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I think, I think Look, part if of I the- want breasts the size of basketballs, that's, my, that's on, on me entirely. You don't have to judge me for it. Or when- what about the game developer's vision? They didn't- <laughs> I think it's a sign from God that like... You- if their vision was to not have breasts the size of basketballs, then that's on them, and that's their choice, but they're wrong. So the, you know what? Make your own game, Seth. The real question is, uh, we are almost guaranteed to get a very large amount of modding focus on, on Starfield, but it's, it would be interesting, just off the back of that vision of the devs comment, what modders who actually gave a shit would do with a game like Gollum, where... <laughs> the, 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 mod, the mod intent for Starfield was to just tweak a couple of mechanics that annoyed the reviewer, which I still think is kind of icky in a review that, where the game's not even out yet, but already asking modders to help out. But it would be funny because I, I've railed on Gollum time and time again about what the hell does the, like, it, it was off the back of that apology where they're like, this is not the vision we had for Gollum. And, it's, and I just, I couldn't understand what the vision even could have been. But it would be interesting to see what a team of, let, let's be honest, uh, I would say modders, but uh, people that would just do it for the meme or professional shit posters. What professional shit posters with modding capabilities would do to a game like Golem? I think there's some there's some room to have some fun there. It was like you put in like uh, big bolt on titties to Golem. Oh, hang on. Is that is that? 
Hang on, I, I think I'm buying it right we now. We have to take baby <laughs> steps first. We're replacing Gollum with Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're replacing Gollum with Hatsune Miku. I don't know which of those I prefer. Uh, Hatsune Miku Train. But Bukwena Los Dos. Alright, and um, to get this out true. very early, I sure hope no one's looked at the Steam charts for Starfield today. Cause <laughs> shit, I haven't actually. That that's such a good call. Uh, have have yeah. you, or are you saying yeah, one of us yeah, should? Yeah, I've got it up in front of me now. Yeah, okay. So that was going to be the Steam chart spit for the week if no one else had seen it. Yeah, I I, I don't I haven't seen it either. But I think the guess that I'm going to make isn't even close to what it is because it's still in that weird early access. Yeah, not even that... early access. It's like oh, if you pre-order the game, you get it a week early, which I heavily disagree with. Like it makes my like it really boils my piss that they fucking do this now. Oh like, yeah, point... did, did you did you pre-order it? No. Or Game Pass, why would I? Imagine having Game Pass and pre-ordering this game. Rocks in your head. Yeah, so I'm going to timestamp it, like, when I asked. Uh, this might as well be the Steam chart segment. <laughs> when did you ask? Huh? No, when I yeah, stated. No, no, no. <laughs> might yeah. as well be. Might as well be. So yeah, like, like Steven said, this is, this is a weird early access segment where people had to pay, like, what was it, 100 US dollars to get early access to the game for, like, a week? Uh, you could pay 60 Australian dollars to upgrade your game pass edition to have it like early plus get a bunch of bonus content right that's on the um that's on the xbox game pass version and probably the pc yeah. game pass version too but since this is steam this is a different price yeah yeah it's, i think it's 120 australian or some bullshit like yeah something um, something stupid like that considering this is weird early access and people had to pay extra for it how high do you think the uh, steam charts have hit for the all-time peak <sighs> Oh, it's so hard. Because <laughs> we were saying that um, Elden Ring was so close to a million, and I'm not saying it's approaching a million, because I think more people will have played this or will be on Xbox where it won't touch the Steam charts, because I assume that that can't count Xbox numbers, right? Yeah, no, it wouldn't. This is, it's purely Steam, so it doesn't even count the Microsoft Store people on PC. Yeah, I, it's so hard to figure out what the split is there. I, I'm going to throw a number out because I, I always prices write the shit out of Steve and then win. I'm going to guess 150k. 150k wow. for Patrick. Steven, what's your guess? I said I thought would have thought it would have been lower at like 75k, but because Patrick's prices right rules 150,000 and one. And, and one person? <laughs> Yes. Wait, you, you're Just not going to say half a person? It's the one no. guy that was uh, on the uh, Babylon Fall servers. They somehow <laughs> transferred over to Starfield. He's back. No, no, no. They, 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 they just gave him early access out of pity. All right. He, he earns it. All right. So both of you guys really lowballed that one because it's coming in at 248,632. Oh, I see. I, because it was prices, right? I was going to go 200, but thought uh, it's probably like 150. I thought it was going to be like 170. Me guessing 150, I thought it was going to be around 170. For it to be 250, or just, you know, two, just shy 250? Yeah, basically 250k. I was going to go like, if, if Pat didn't fuck me over first, I would have gone like 75k. Because <laughs> I honestly thought it would have been like a, why would you play this on Steam? Everyone would have just, you pay the $1 Game Pass thing. Which they, have they brought that back? I can't remember. And then you clearly upgrade it. Hmm. I think, I think the, the better question is going to be, uh, what do you think this is going to look like next week? Because then it will be out. It's it's properly it'll be properly out by next week, right? Yeah, uh, literally tomorrow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, where where we will then have presumably what the all time peak is going to be with everyone playing it on release. How much bigger specifically for the Steam chart number? Do you think it's going to get? Oh right, yeah, that, no, that's actually a fun game because all three of us can get in on that by how much do we think will it'll increase? 
So it's it's at two fifty at the moment. Yeah, roughly two fifty k at the moment. Seven hundred. Seven of fuck. That's so much higher than I was going to go. Jesus. Okay. Now, oh, I, now I need to reevaluate mine. That's that's close to where I was going to go because I was going to say it'll probably go up to seven fifty k. Yeah, because you you got to remember as well, like uh, people aren't going to buy it on the Microsoft store. So pretty much every PC um, gamer is going to be buying it on Steam. But if if people have like. I, so I don't know how Game Pass works, but if I have Game Pass, where Game Pass works for PC as well, doesn't it? No, it's a separate you, thing. Only if you've got, only if you've got, so there's, uh, there's Game Pass Ultimate, and that's Xbox consoles and PC, and then there's PC Game Pass, which is only PC. Um, and if you're using only PC Game Pass, my bet is that like you're sort of semi in the ecosystem, but not really. You're probably mostly using Steam. Like there's, there's no. I, no, no, no. That, that that was the question. If I'm if I'm on PC Game Pass. Does that does that force me to use Microsoft yeah, Store? Or can that no, use it'll Steam? force you to yeah, use Microsoft, Microsoft Store. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That is. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. 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 Now. Now I'm seeing where the where the seven hundreds go. Ooh. Uh. Oh, man. Now. <laughs> with with that in mind, now now I'm thinking it's gonna also gonna be around the seven hundred. But I guess I guess uh, I I thought it was gonna be lower initially, so I'll go lower. I'll, I'll say six fifty. Six fifty. Okay. So we're all split around. So 50K. six six fifty. Yeah, 650, 700, 750. That seems to be the split. Yeah. So we'll check in next uh, next week on that one. But also a little, little fun bonus. Um, I'm not even, I'm not going to get you guys to guess it because that seems a bit redundant, but right now is the lowest it's ever (laughs) hit for Starfield on uh, the Steam charts Uh, where it's it's coming in at 92k. I thought you were about to say Exoprimal. (laughs) No, no, no. Exoprimal. Yeah, uh, like, I, I'm going back to when it released on 1st of September. Right now is the lowest player count. It's gotten on Steam with 92K. 92? That's so interesting. Like, I, I wish fucking Microsoft released the Xbox. Um, Xbox and PC. I'd love, to, I'd love to see those kind of stats. Because just from what I've been seeing out in the wild, it just seems like a lot of people are playing it. Hmm. But maybe, maybe they're playing it on Steam. I don't know. Maybe they're just playing an incognito mode. Oh shit! They're probably <laughs> playing. They're probably um playing it off a of Nokia thirty three ten. Yeah, that that could be it. That could be it. All we'd really need is a split between who's playing it on Series S and who's playing it on Series X. <laughs> okay, so the four people that bought Series X S's, <laughs> yeah. um, they're probably not. I've playing been it. hearing that apparently the Series S sells more than the Series X does. Yeah, you got sourced that big fella. No, I don't because Microsoft yeah, doesn't give the sources of it their came to me in sales. A dream. It came to me in a dream. Um, I, I've heard that like the Series S is hard to find, but my guess no, is I, that it's, it's the other way not- around. The X is the one that's hard to find, which is why the apparently the S has sold more. Really? Can can huh. confirm it is harder to find something called uh, X. Just look at Twitter. <laughs> that's, hang on. Whoa, hang on. Are we thinking the Microsoft 300 IQ play was that they went into the future and knew that Twitter was going to be recalled X, went back in time. And it's called, let's call it the Xbox Series X. So then um, they can do some sort of weird Twitter gaming console. Sorry, X gaming console. Hang on. What? We already had that. It's called X Games. If they had that much foresight, they would have also made games for it. We got heaps. Of, we literally talking we about We do have games. It's, it's, it's the Ouya. They just bought the games instead of making their own. Yeah, it's true. Oh, well. Good. Good for them. Speaking of theoretical discussions, uh, Seth, what did you theoretically get up to this week? I followed in Steven's footsteps and I finished Tears of the Kingdom. And then I also led him into my footsteps and finished Bomb Rush Cyberpunk before he could play it. 
it's a it's a weird mental image, but okay. Uh, I'm cyberpunk. Uh, Steve, what, what about you? What did what did what did you get up to? I got Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Uh, that's a game, video game. Uh, I I was always going to get the it. Time. Yes, I might say yeah. So it came out like a week later for the Series X, well, the Series X and PlayStation. Um, so I gobbled it up on release. Um, yeah, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as Seth enjoyed it, but let's get into that a bit later. And what have you been up to, big fella? What's going on in Patland? Uh, not much. To Getting be honest, a couple not much. Uh. Pats for Patrick, I hope. Um, no, um, I I mentioned it last week, but I saw the bear, so I figured I'd actually take, hopefully, only a couple minutes. But I've got a bad track record for saying that, uh, and just talk talk a little bit more about it, just because it's one of those shows that is really really good, but also really hard to describe. So I'll see if I'll see how much I can swing you guys into at least being interested in it from the description, because it'll be an uphill battle. You definitely have to worry about Mark this episode because uh, Stephen. Started us off by saying it's going to be a short one this week. Yeah, oh, t- terrible. Uh, only only goes downhill from there. Why why don't I knock out the 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 bear? <laughs> that sounds that sounds funny. So the bear. Uh, I mentioned it. I mentioned it last week. I uh, I basically just binged both seasons of it back to back. It is technically a dramedy, but it's more like a drama with bits of comedy. If, if you know what I mean. Like uh, it's there, there there's like dramedies and then there are dramedies. You know, but in terms no. of describing what the show is about, it would be like a it would be like an episode of Kitchen Nightmares crossed with a uh it's and this is gonna sound kind of weird, like the the like really high intensity culinary parts of maybe like ratatouille, because that comes to mind for some reason. Um mixed with kind of grungy gorilla sort of filmmaking style where Basically, it's it's a, a a really like crazily basically psychotic chef moving back to Chicago from a fancy three star Michelin restaurant in New York that he was the chef de cuisine uh, chef de, de, de cuisine de cuisine de cuisine I think um of what does that mean <laughs> he's like a cuisine chef yeah exactly a, a cuisine chef um moves back to Chicago to take over the sandwich shop of uh his brother who died uh, and so. He tries to sort of turn it around, and it's that sort of that that scrappy. Um, uh, we 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 can turn this place around and and really make something of this type thing. Uh, and holy shit, is it good? It's it's real hard to like that. First of all, how interesting does that premise sound? You can say um, you can say uh, not very uh, because it, it's 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 really hard just from reading the premise to be invested in the show. It seems like one of those things that, as someone who knows nothing about sandwiches or cooking. I would watch it to learn both of those things. Like you, 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 you would be very unlikely to learn culinary skill from watch. Uh, actually, you probably would pick up a few things, but the focus of the show is not on learning culinary like like culinary uh, skill. Yeah, well, no, I pick up the things not to do when making a sandwich. <laughs> yes, actually, you would. Like, will will I learn to avoid a Twitter McChicken moment? <laughs> you mean you mean a, a Burger King uh, a Burger King Women's Day moment? A Burger King foot lettuce <laughs> moment. <laughs> Ooh, of course yeah. you'd bring up Pete. <laughs> there we go. Someone um, has to. It's the sort of show where, so I I really liked season one, and then I really liked parts of season two, and it's one of those that season one just nailed everything so well that, to be honest, it would have been really hard for a second season to live up to it, and so 
I'm kind of at peace with that. And it, it starts pulling back the past that I liked about season one towards the end of season two. But the intensity, it's, it, it's it, the idea of like six people roughly in a kitchen uh, just making sandwiches. It's honestly kind of a marvel how with six people in a kitchen and uh, basically just like really good filmmaking technique and a real good filmmaking style. They make six people making sandwiches in a kitchen. Some of the most intense shit I've watched in in months. And I mean, with a good enough script and direction, I can see that working out really well. Because if you just explain the office, it's a comedy about people working in a paper selling office, and that yes, doesn't that, that doesn't it. sound explaining it like that. It doesn't sound good, but actually watching it, it's really funny and really worth your time to watch it. Yeah, that, okay. that's, that's uh, a weirdly count- good analogy in terms of yeah. premise to execution. All right, so counter view. Um, or oh, counter God. oh, God, here we go. Um, well, so the, like, the general premise of The Office is a bunch of like boring middle-aged people just hanging out, getting into shenanigans because their jobs are fucking boring as shit. I get the feeling with the sandwich shop, you've got the dynamic of you've got to get the sandwiches ready. It's a bit of early starts. You've got to make sure there's deliveries. You've got to make sure that the people coming in the shop aren't just fucking raving lunatics trying to rob you for sandwiches. I, I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot more going on in a sandwich shop than there is in some dumb paper selling off. So that that's true. And two of the things that the show does really well is that early on they introduce the main character who you sort of you you sort of follow the the chef, as well as they hire a sous chef really early. And so you have like by by comparison, the office you meet the core crew and when you meet them, they've already been working together for a while. And so you have kind of cemented dynamics. Whereas in this, you are watching the dynamics or you're watching the relationships kind of feel each other out. That, that is going to sound weird out of context. You're watching the hierarchies form in terms of who thinks they're in charge with various bits and pieces because the sandwich shop, it's been running for a while, right? Like you already have a crew there that have sort of just day in, day out grinding and hustling. And so you have the, the relationships of the people that are in that group that don't want some uh, uppity snob coming in and telling them how they should be doing everything. Uh, at the same time, you've got a young chef trying to prove themselves just because they're just driven, regardless of, of where it is that they're working. And you've got the backdrop of Chicago, which they just use really well as a backdrop of just kind of like grungy, down to earth. Uh, could be the sandwich shop near you type thing. Like it's 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 really well done in that they don't make a point of saying where in Chicago it is. Although I think they do give, I think they do dox themselves in the show uh, at least with, with street names. I, but but it's not it's not relevant. But at the same time, they just intercut lots of the kind of old eighties photos of both the characters as well as Chicago in the kind of like a heyday. Like it, like the whole thing is that it's sort of past its prime. And so it's, it really grounds itself in just a really kind of rich, lots of different stories that could be told with it. And they do an excellent job just really fleshing out some awesome characters to follow through. I don't even remember how many episodes it is. Shoot, like 10? <laughs> um, not, not that many episodes. And the finale is like a double length episode. But yeah, for, for all of what a for all of what a sandwich shop is and gets up to in the same way as the Dunder Mifflin office is and gets up to. A lot of the jobs that they have wandering around the office, you know, selling paper, going meeting clients, all that sort of stuff, 
they have the same kind of this is just busy work because we exist in a sandwich shop. But there's also just other random moments which are angled a little bit more towards the comedy, which I don't want to spoil because the way they drip them in is quite great. Where there's they they do a, a job that is better than I can give them credit for for making it's not even a plot twist, but like taking taking stories that could be told around a sandwich shop in random ass directions at times, and it works. And it's it's really, really well done. How's the acting? It's got that uh I don't even fucking ask me his name, but it's got that maybe because I've been served so many ads about this guy, I feel like I I know him quite Which well. Guy? But I get the feeling he's the main guy, the guy the guy with the forearm tattoos. Am I thinking of the right show? Yeah, yeah, you probably are. Uh Jeremy yeah, The curly head guy. Yeah. yeah, he looks like that guy from Willy Wonka, the first one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so true. Um, um, Gene, ah. Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah, Gene Wilder. Yeah, I was yeah. fucking just about to say Gene Simmons for a second here and get banished to the kiss zone. <laughs> yeah, how's he acting in that? Like, uh, he's a good actor, isn't he? Well, I mean, he got nominated for a, a shit ton of awards off of this, so yeah, uh, pretty good Season actor. one? Uh, I hope so, and assume so. It, the acting, so everyone, you, hmm, I'm trying to think of how, how to describe it. So like, I, it's, it's really hard, right? Because someone says, uh, how, how is the acting in the show? They act well. What does that mean? They're fucking sandwich shop people. Like, is, yeah, is, is, it, is good acting that they act like sandwich shop people or that they're able to do dramatic storytelling in a sandwich shop? Like, which of those yeah, is good acting? Yeah, and, and there definitely is less and less of, like, bad acting that goes into these TV shows and movies as well. Like, it, there's no, like, like, it's all very performative, if that makes sense now. Like, it's... Yeah. Maybe that maybe like the the acting is supplemented by like the cinematography and the sound design type of thing. So it doesn't so just it's just good. Yeah. I don't know where it's, I was going with that, but yeah, thanks. It's <laughs> it's the sort of show where so they actually sent um Jeremy and uh, another one of the actors to culinary school for a couple months before shooting this. Oh, right uh, on. As as part of prep, which I think was a fucking just chef's kiss touch. They act like well, <laughs> I, I don't really watch cooking shows a huge amount, but I could imagine that how they portray these characters is similar to, insert name of famous chef, running around re- a, a restaurant on, maybe not MasterChef, but one of those, like, more kind of, this is a day in the life of, uh, what was it, was it the F word, or like, one, one of the really old Gordon Ramsay ones, where it's just like him in a kitchen, rather than, uh, yeah, like, yeah. doing stuff for TV's sake, uh, that sort of thing. And the beauty of Jeremy, uh, in the show he plays Kami, but I I don't know which word's easier to keep jumping back to. But uh, the beauty of it is that you can tell early on that he is a highly disciplined, highly driven, uh, highly motivated, and just a damn good cook. But it's also the kind of, he has pursued this at the expense of all else on the verge of psychotic break type thing. And so they they are able to walk that line really well, both in the acting as well as in some of the style choices within the cinematography towards the end of the first season. And the best part is that at any point, you have to have seen the whole season, obviously, but you can just take a snapshot of what is happening at any point and you're like, yeah, I understand why that's happening and how he's behaving like that. It's, it's that well kind of nailed as a character and nailed as... as uh, the story being told. So, yeah, I, I really, really like how they 
basically did the entirety of, of season one. Now, Patrick, I, I will excuse you for forgetting about the titular character here, but what's going on for the bear? Is it like a Yogi Bear situation or a Winnie the Pooh <laughs> yeah, situation? So- Okay, so so it's actually it's it's good question. Uh, I was trying to tiptoe past that because it's a bit of a spoiler, but you know what? We're all friends. I'll let you in. You you've seen Over the Hedge, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have actually. Yeah, cool. So you know how uh, how RJ goes and loses all the food for the bear? Yes, I have a vague recollection. Yeah, so this is kind of a similar thing. So so uh, that's what that happened movie? to to Kami's. That's it. what happened to Kami's brother. So the bear went and killed him, and then told Kami. I need you to collect a an over like a cartoonishly oversized wagon full of food by the next full moon, or I will kill you too. And and that's that's what propels the whole story of of the bear forwards. Is you it because what? he's bare naked? That's a what? dumb follow up question. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I, ironically, though, why is it called the bear? Uh, it's a good question. It's uh, I could I could sit here and go through some bullshit literary essay about why bits and pieces of it might be called the bear or not called the bear. The the short answer is it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, it's in like a, it's like the famous anime a, Bleach. Like why is it called Bleach? And it's like, yeah, I don't know. Um okay. No, it cool. I didn't know if it was like the name of the shop or if it was the name of the street or something. I actually do, I I I I I fuck with like shows, TVs, games that have like that's named something and it's not really relevant to the content. I fuck with that. It's Yeah, I was going to guess it was something like how um in financing, bullying is a term. So maybe there's some sort of sandwich term that involves bears. Yeah, it, it, it was <laughs> what a fucking long way to stretch. What the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's weird because the opening shot they show a bear, uh, mm. just like um, oh, hang on, let him bear. Yeah, exactly. He's he's going bear mode. He's he's making sandwiches. <laughs> um, My favorite thing was he bared everywhere. <laughs> it's bearing um, time. And so what's funny is, is I got to the end of the show and kind of had to reflect on why it was called the bear because it didn't need to be. And the best part is they do, they do tell you why it's called the bear drip fed throughout the show. But the uh, me telling you upfront why it's called the bear or me not telling you upfront why it's called the bear doesn't change your interpretation of the show. It's just one of those things of you just kind of figure it out along the way, which I think is just a nice touch. It's one of those... Um, you get to the end of it. Some people might not ever. Some people might just watch both seasons and go, "I don't know what's called the bear," and they 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 are totally fine and happy and and can live the rest of their lives. And other people go, "I now understand why it's called the bear," and I've still seen an excellent show. It doesn't it doesn't change what I take away from it. But it's yeah, the the, re- the really short version family family dynamics, and it's kind of cool how it how it plays out and stuff. Um, also, they they put I think. Every star-studded, or there's like two, um, well, there's one episode in particular in season two where there's a whole bunch of characters that you meet for the first time, and they were like, let's just give every one of these roles to a really famous, recognizable actor. <laughs> and it was, it was almost obnoxious, because like, um, Bob Oden, Odenkirk? Better Call Saul? All right, Bob Odenkirk, yeah. Better Call Saul, he, yeah. He's in there. Two members of Community are in there. John John Mulaney's in there. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is in there. Fucking love Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, just a fucking whole smorgasbord of of um, of actors. Yeah, really really cool. And the the finale, uh, they do one really well done long like one take 
they they use one takes in the finales of both seasons really really well and i was chatting with someone about it in terms of just how impressively it's done because it's not one of those one shots where it's like the big game of thrones where it's on a crane and it's just obviously swooping just across the battlefield and you're watching everything play out beneath it's more like you'll just be engrossed in the action and you'll go on and, and you'll suddenly realize i haven't seen the camera cut in like two minutes <laughs> and and apparently all they did was they just practiced it a couple of times and then just went for it and that that's that's the take they got and holy shit <laughs> yeah really 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 cool show uh i, I think i probably talked about it for long enough but premise reading about the premise might be mid but how how much better of a job did i do on selling it past the premise pretty good um i've, I've heard good things about it i get the feeling it's the same thing like breaking bad like that like oh he gets cancer so he's got to sell meth that seems like a weird fucking premise <laughs> and if we yeah it seems boring but i think it's one of those things that like it's not just the premise of the story it's how the story's told it's the interactions with the character it's yeah the underlying themes and stuff um, I'll, I'll get around to it. I'll add it to my list of ever-growing things that I'm never going to watch. Mm. Yeah, no, you got me interested in at least checking out some clips of it to see if I, it'll, it'll be clips. something I want to stick with. Either fucking watch the whole thing or don't watch it. Don't watch clips. Ah, oh, get out of here, man. No, no, he's, he's going to watch The Best of the Bear next to Subway Surfers when he's uh, listening to an Am I the Asshole Reddit uh, narration. That's okay. I, 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 I see. I, 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 so, I, so I, I watch a lot of those um, just because like the, I'll be doom scrolling. It's the best the way to watch a Subway Surfers gameplay. <laughs> There's well, 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 according, to, according to Logan Paul, it's the best way to watch Oppenheimer. <laughs> boring. Um, movie boring. Um, there's even a couple of ones where it's got like, uh, I think it's Forza, The New Horizon. It'll have like that, the car just driving around. But yeah, no, I, and I, get, I get a lot shit, of those. Okay. Shitty, I haven't seen those. Shitty, You're so much uh, further ahead of like, than me. No, they've, they've just started in the past week. Um, so expect to see it. But I, I also like fall for those clickbait headlines. It's like, and it's <laughs> like, this... up, new ADHD dropped. Well, no, it's like a clickbait headline and it's like, it takes you to like his third party website. And it literally, it <laughs> has put like your credit card in. No, it has like four or five paragraphs of some dumb shit writer explaining the story. And then it's like, anyway, so here's the story. And it shows like the Reddit post. Um, there's like seven or eight ads. You've got to fucking scroll down to get there. And if you're reading it on mobile and you don't quit out of the ad in like four seconds, the ad just takes up the full screen. So you have to close the app and then restart it. It's a fucking nightmare. Um, all those I, I, the asshole things are a waste of time. And I fucking fall for it all the time. That, that, that's my, um, my, that, that's, that's my 9-11. Interesting. Uh, I think, I think many people would disagree with your characterization of what 9-11 means to you, but that's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> Um, overall, bear, I, I, in terms of how, so the, the final, the final push, cause I realize I've already been going for 19 minutes. So what the fuck's one more minute. There are very few shows because I, you, you, you guys know how I fucking play switch muted because I'm doing something on the other screen and Grim. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My ADHD is that if I'm playing a game, I'm watching something on a, on a second screen. Cause that, that's just, that's just what I'm doing. And so there are very few shows where I can no longer play something on the second screen because I'm engrossed in it. I have been grinding Monster Hunter Generations just doing the same quest over and over again. Literally brain rot, just time investment until I, until I get to the right spot where I can finally finish Monster Hunter Generations. I couldn't even do that because of how engrossed I was in the bear. All right, oh, that's good. It's good to hear. Yeah, there, there we go. Final, final push of a fucking win. It's the, 
It's the closest thing, at least recently, because I do think rating is like a, a relative scale and I have seen a bunch of shit recently. <laughs> but uh, it's the closest thing I've seen to a 10 as a, as a, a season one specifically in, in a long time. Very, very highly recommend. Yeah. But uh, enough about the bear. Let's talk about the bomb. Rush Cyberpunk. Rush Cyberpunk. Boom. Nailed it. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Boom, yeah. nailed it. Uh, uh, so, Seth, you finished. Uh, what are all the spoilers? Interesting. Yeah, sorry, can't I cut you, it up for a second. Like the moment you, you said that. <laughs> the moment you go, went to Bomb Rush Cyberpunk, my internet started shitting itself and I missed all of that. That's the, no, you said the worst slur known to mankind. <laughs> Don't put this evil on me. That evil goes on you. No, it doesn't. I have, anyway, I have the audio Cyberpunk. evidence. Don't. I'm begging you, don't. Um, <laughs> release the group chat. Um, so, but yeah, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Uh, I ended up caving and getting it. It's seventy dollars um, on the Xbox. Um, I used a twenty-five dollar gift voucher that from Microsoft Rewards plus another gift voucher that my work got me from leaving. So I didn't pay anything for it, um, and I think paying seventy bucks for this game is fucking very high. Yeah, it's only sixty on Steam. You got ripped off. No, uh, common uh, common console tax. Um, everything's cheaper on PC for some reason. It's just a fucking digital file. Yeah, I, you're right. I, they should give it to us for free because it's not real. <laughs> the experience is real. You're right. You should just pirate it. That's what it seems like you're saying, Seth. You hate game developers. You want them to starve. There's a That's reason they're going on strike, and it's because of me. No, I pirated it seven games. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just just to undo the seven, I'm going to download Starfield ninety two thousand times, the cracked version. Um, they lose seventy dollars every time I pirate it. It's the perfect plan. I can't believe two hundred and forty nine of the two hundred and fifty thousand people that are playing Starfield are just uh, Steve and like a lot of Nokia thirty three tens. Finally, good fucking content. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so yeah, as Steph talked about it last week. It's a what would you call like the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games? It's like a skater game, but you've got rollerblades, bikes. And, yeah, it's still um, like an arcade skater. Even yeah, the Tony like Hawk games ended up, yeah, even Tony Hawk games ended up doing things with bikes and stuff in them at some oh, point. Really? Oh. Yeah, they were in the yeah. underground games, I think. Never played any of the. Tony and Hawk I think games, there was also like a biker, a famous biker that had his own spin-off like series that was about BMXing that was in the same style, but it never took off as much as Tony Hawk's Pro Skater did. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's anyway. That's not good. It's not being nostalgic for Tony Hawk because I never played it. Um, so yeah, you, you go around, you do graffiti. Um, you listen to. I want to say it's average music. Music is objective, but Stephen is wrong in this case. No, there are <laughs> there are a couple of good songs. I, I get the feeling though that because maybe they just haven't unlocked all the songs, and because with Jet Set Radio Future, that it's a lot more funk or electro. Whereas this, it's more techno R&B focused, I think. I get the feeling that they've chosen a different style of music and that's fine. And it just doesn't gel with me. And it doesn't seem, the music doesn't have the same energy or the same hype as the, the others, the, like Jet Set Radio Future. And, oh, and the they, hype does come from the Naganuma tracks that are in here. Yeah. I, and I think because I haven't listened to it like enough, like I, when they get it on Saturday, and I think I put, uh, maybe eight hours into it in total, um, which is heavy for me, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, but I had a quiet weekend once in my life. 
and maybe just, just the more I play it, I'll maybe I'll unlock new tracks or something, and it'll all work out. Uh, but yeah, like, the music's like thing, and the game is very formulaic as well. It seems just like, all right, cool. Um, I've got a new area unlocked. I have to go to that area. I have to increase my rep by graffitiing things, and then I have to either follow uh, another crew or do a bunch of tricks or something, and then I battle them, and then I win, and it's like, cool, time for another one. There are a couple of snippets in between where it's uh, red, the the character that you play as, he's lost his head, he's got chopped off by a record player. Oh, sorry, I was not expecting that when it happened, by the way. Like, yeah, holy shit. Yeah, yeah Jet, Set Radio, like- Jet Set Radio has a very, like, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's kid-friendly appeal, but it doesn't do anything too serious. Like, it's very goofy. The, the cops have, like, massively oversized guns and they're portrayed very silly. silly. This just straight up has a guy get beheaded at the beginning of the game because someone threw a um, steel-edged uh, record track at him. Yeah, like, it literally, like, cuts his head off and it's like, you sort of just see the head, head come off and it's like, whoa, that's bad. Yeah, and it's sort of like he gets a cyber head, like a robot head put on him, uh, and he's just kind of trying to get the, the old head back, and that's sort of the premise of the game. Yeah, I, I think I just find it a bit more formulaic than the other, like, Jet Set Radio Future. And, I, and maybe that's just, it's unfair of me to compare and contrast them that much, but if this game's whole premise is that it's a spiritual successor, then it sort of drops the ball in a couple of aspects. Like, it's got this open world where you can explore, but it's like, okay, cool. You've but the got, open well, world not, is more kind of like world. all the levels are connected to each other so you can go back and forth between them at your own will. Yeah, it's more like zone-based areas. Uh, yeah, and I, I take that point, but they just could have used a lot more of it. And there's like loading screens between each zone as well, and that kind of slows down the pace. Like, they, they did... The use of skateboards, BMXs, and rollerblades is cool, but I don't really see them... There's no difference between them. They're all the same, like... It's not like if you get a BMX and you go faster. It goes properly the same as a skateboard. It's not like if- so it's not even like the the macro bike to acro. Uh, sorry, the muck bike to no, acro bike in Gen no, Three. No, it's not. It's um. It's, it's yeah. all about aesthetic of which one you prefer. Yeah. Boo. And, and this kind- Give me stats. Yeah, and it's. I, I I say that, but at the same time, I get the feeling that if there were stat or only certain areas you could traverse with certain equipment, it'd be pretty shit and you'd have to go back and forth all the time. But yeah, it's just especially because you can only my game. switch What's at the, the hideouts. So no, you, I, can't. I, you can switch out um, you, well, you can, can switch, switch characters, characters everywhere but you can only switch um, equipment. So if you, want, if you have a character you really jive with but you want to switch what type of um, vehicle they're on, then you have to go all the way back to the hideouts to change it out and then go back to the level. But you can still like switch characters and each character's got like a different like, way of using it. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's just it, it's just weird, like having like oh cool, of course, like a skateboard can grind on a rail. That makes sense. And even rollerblades, yeah, cool. Oh, I'll give you that. But having like a BMX grind on a roller on a uh, on like BMX a stairwell, it's fucking weird. They 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 it's, use like, the pegs. It's fucking weird, man. It, it just it just it, it's fucking weird. They they even animated That's, in the way that it's like yeah, they they're clearly grinding on the pegs. Is that is that what they call? It? Is that how it works? I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe it's me. Maybe I'm the bad guy. But yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. I think I just expected more. And maybe I am uh, rose-tinted glasses and fuck, it fucked me over. Maybe if I play more, um, I'll jive with it a bit more. But it just seems very, oh, is this it? Like, it seems like I'm waiting for something more and it's just not coming. Like, there's a couple of combats. Combat does occur when, like, the police are trying to raid you, but it's, like, not 
deep. It's just you're doing tricks, and the tricks are just hurting the police officers. It is cool if, like, they're, it, like, when you get, like, because it works off, like, a rock star, or, sorry, Grand Theft Auto star rating system, where it's, like, the more graffiti you do, the more stars you get, the more police will come down on you. And then, like, you get to, like, I think it's, like, three stars. They start using, like, these turrets with chains on them. Oh, you, you don't, don't like even get that part. That's at two stars. Is that two stars? Oh, fucking yeah. hell, jeez. Three right. stars brings in the riot that. squad with their shields. Yeah, and four stars either snipes or um, the helicopters. And then you're using graffiti and they crash. It's fucking funny. I do, I do appreciate that. And there's, like, costumes and stuff. But it, it just seems like it's, it's a very shallow game. There's no depth to it. But then at the same time, I get the feeling Jet Set Radio Future or Jet Set Radio never really had a lot of depth anyway, but they didn't try to have a lot of depth. Um, whereas maybe I ex- came into this game expecting depth. Maybe that's me. I'm still having a good time with it, though. It's just not as good as what I thought it would be. Yeah, I came from... I'm coming at this from only playing Jet Set Radio 1 because Future isn't available on anything outside of the original Xbox yet. So, yeah, it is, like, a big improvement of what just that game offers. And all the other stuff that they're doing is what gives me more appreciation for Bomb Rush than what Jet Set Radio does. Like, every time you finish one of those gang battles... You have like a dive into Red's memories level, which is just like using all of the assets of the area you just completed and doing like a big platforming challenge. And even just like, even though the combat's very simple, it's above and beyond anything that Jet Set Radio tried to do with combat. And just turning the game battles into score offs instead of like trying to go and tag their backs. It's just. Yeah, that was li- I really like it. I like the tag in the back. Like, the score offs are pretty cool, but I get the feeling this is more focused on that trick element anyway. Yeah, it, the idea of tagging the backs of people in the Jet Set Radio games is fun. It's just the execution is a bit, like, sometimes it's a bit iffy, which is why just going with the simpler, yeah, just trick off and this, this works really more. This works better than um, doing the graffiti tags where it was a bit more iffy to do those. So, yeah. It's just little things like that where they tweaks things to make it just similar to Jet Set Radio, but like a little better and a little more focused and quality of life improvements, I guess, is what makes me really appreciate this. And I, I'm really, I'm really jiving with the soundtrack. Like I, I can just spend like an hour in a level just doing tricks and trying to get a high score without actually progressing anything or even doing any graffiti. Just going around and doing the trick system and getting as high as I can while listening to the music and just kind of chill and enjoy the game's controls uh, to the best I can. Yeah, I I will say though I do think it's quite expensive for what's in there. Like like you said, there isn't. Yeah, there there isn't a whole lot. It seems like it's short as well. I get the feeling I'm I just uh, beat the devil heads or whatever they're called. So I get the feeling I'm like a couple of hours away from being done. Yeah, yeah, Um, you're pretty close. Yeah, and I get the feeling that post-game contact is just like, sorry, post-game content is just uh, getting all the graffiti tags, which is unlocking more characters to- as well. Yeah, and getting the outfits as well. Like, I don't really see like what else would be the draw, which is a bit of like seventy bucks, uh, and there's no depth. It's like a after you play it for like one or two hours, nothing really changes. Like the levels change, there's a bit of verticality. Like I think it's Pyramid Island or something. That's probably my favorite level because it does different things, and there's it breaks up the area and there's height to it as opposed to just spreading things out and putting rails everywhere. I quite like the, um, the mall level where it's just a shopping mall, but it's got like three levels to it and you can try 
like they they expect for the achievement they expect a very high score in that level because there's so many places and so many different things to get your multiplier up and up and up like just continually grinding and wall riding around the entire thing and going up levels for every time you do it i i find that quite fun yeah meh. different strokes i guess what do you reckon pat have we convinced you not really uh so my my gold standard is I really liked uh, the skate games, uh, specifically Skate 3, which was basically just a big open world and was only focused on skateboarding. But that had great soundtrack, really cool open world, cool events. And what you're describing sounds like a combination between that and you said zone, but is it like go from one place to the next type thing? It's like small box levels connected to each other. And once you go through a loading zone, you go to another small box level. Actually, no, before I forget as well, I've had like significant, well, I've had like three or four crashes on this game, like entering cutscenes as well. Oh, oh you mean really? just like skateboarding or? No, 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 like, like, I'll, like I'll go to talk to someone um, and like a cutscene will start and playing. Just, it'll play and then you'll like, just fall off your rollerblades. No, 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 the game just boots to, it just kicks me to the dashboard and I'm like, oh, hang on a second, someone's fallen off here. Yeah, I never ran into a single bug in this game. Yeah, well, it's, it's the only things like I haven't encountered any like frame rate drops or any clipping or any. Um, it was just very, just yeah, it's, it's very strange. And Maybe that's why it was delayed mm-hmm. on Xbox and PlayStation for a couple of weeks, and they still haven't fully figured out those <laughs> bugs. Yeah, oh, yeah, it was just entering the cutscenes, and also, hate to say it, fellas, but this one doesn't have um uh, voice acting as well. Oh, wait, hey, what? Yeah, it no, does, voice but they're kind of like sound bites. Oh yeah, they, they'll be like a whole sentence, and the person will be like, "Oh yeah." Where yeah. like the, the sentence is oh, like, well, great. man, that's, that's messed up. We've got to do this now. It's, because it's like that's also just like straight up um, Jet Set Radio callback. That's because they didn't have the tech back in like fucking Yeah, they did. Sonic Adventure had full voice acting. Oh my God, here we go with Sonic. Here we go. Yeah, I right. couldn't find it. Metal Gear Solid had full voice acting and that was a PS1 game, not a Dreamcast game. Yeah, Mario 64 doesn't have voice acting. Yeah, it does. Uh, Mario <laughs> says, wahoo. That's not voice acting. It doesn't have the toads talking. Yeah. But yeah, what we, but why are we comparing to be, this, this to game fair, to the games that came out 30 years ago, man? Like, come on. Um, you no you were just acting. doing it. That's, no, that's, what I'm, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, th- this game doesn't have voice acting. Um, and I just left it there. I, I, um, I guess the, the, like, where I land, based on what I've heard from this week and last week, is that the whole, like, I, I maybe, maybe I'm just still kind of confused as to, like, what the gameplay is. But it sounds like you... Think of it as story-based uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Right, but but what I'm saying is, even a, a story-based pro skater, like Tony Hawk Pro Skater One, I think. Think, which I think a, of it more a, like Tony Hawk's Underground One, but instead of all of the levels being like you choose a level, all of them are connected in a way where you can skate from one area to the next. Yeah, so it's so the I guess kind of like Project Eight. Haven't played that one, although that sounds kind of familiar. Um. So is is the idea that you get a particular like score for a particular level, or is it much more just here is a bunch of collectibles through the world and here is some story that's going on at the same time? There's graffiti tags all over the level that you have to hit them to get your rep score up. Um as as you do like if you just play it plainly, you can you just kinda go from tag to tag and um and that progress is where you're able to go to next. And every now and then they throw in a little in between section that you gotta do like you talk to um someone from a rival gang and they're like oh hey do this to pass my trial do this to pass my trial 
and you do that a few times until it all culminates into a gang versus gang score battle for two minutes. But if it culminates in a gang versus gang score battle, why would the gang member just not give you the trial? Uh, I, what do know, you mean? The, artificial <laughs> like, difficulty. He's got to make it longer. No, no I mean, like, if the, if the whole thing is that you get to the end of it and it's a gang versus gang score battle, it seems like the gang member was, a, was an idiot for giving you a way to pass his trial. He should have just been like, no, get lost, kid. Uh, that, that's kind of not how the world works, like, um, because you've- <laughs> That's not how the world works, chump. <laughs> Listen here, Sonny. Because you've got enough uh, street cred, you can challenge them, and uh, the, the, uh, the laws of the streets it means that they have to accept challenges. Oh my god, okay. Um, no, I- where, where, where I was trying to get to before is that I really like Tony Hawk Pro Skater- I'm pretty sure it's Pro Skater 1, or just Pro Skater. The one that they did the remaster for on- on PC, like the really old one. That, yeah, Pro that, Skater 1 and 2. That- that was great. And that's basically just little- like little- little worlds that you just skate around in and collect a bunch of shit in and just do little challenges in. That's really fun. Boot that up, play that every so often, good time. Uh, skate where it's a big-ass open world and you go around and the events are sort of in the world. It's sort of like Burnout Paradise to a racing game sort of thing. Of You just sort of find and make your own fun as you go. Also fun and great. But it seems like what you're telling me is that Jet Set Radio... Sorry, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk is this weird kind of middle ground where it tries to give you the freedom, but there's no sort of point to the freedom. So it just feels a bit middling. And it feels like if they'd if they designed even like corridor levels and just gave you an objective at the end and then made you repeat it for, I don't know, like S tier scoring system or something, because that that is a couple of levels in Tony Hawk as well. It's like the downhill jam type levels where you start at the top and just make it to the bottom that having kind of concentrated fun rather than little bits of fun sprinkled through the, the world just seemed. Yeah, I don't know. It just it. What I'm hearing doesn't justify the price tag, and even playing it, it would be a, this is fun for a little bit, but not the longevity or the me wanting to see yeah. it through to the end. Yeah, hour two is the same as hour ten. Yeah, that, that's why I make the Tony Hawk's Underground reference, because Underground is kind of that same sort of middle ground where it's telling a story, um, and uh, you go... F- into these levels and they all have objectives kind of like a pro skater does but then once you finish those objectives and the levels just kind of exist for you to just mess around in and do scores in and that's kind of the same thing here where it's like yeah you go into a level um the rival gangs like piss off uh, until you get enough street cred and they're like okay we we acknowledge you a certain amount you have to do you have to pass our trials free otherwise you're just going to stay down in your um you're just not going to rise up the ranks sort of thing. And yeah, it's, it's all to the point of just continuing that story sort of thing. Yeah, and then like, one, once you finish a story of that area, then that area just exists like an underground level where it just exists as, a, as how high of a score can you get. And then they also throw in little things all over the place like, here, go, uh, go find these uh, graffiti tags or these other outfits or even little bits of the music to listen to at your own leisure um, I, just I, to I think, do those. I think I have a way of saving this. I think I have a way of saving this game. Give Gollum rollerblades. Hang on. I thought they were just going to mod it. They can mod it into it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the modding save, community save, is probably going to work on that. They already got save, Sonic in there and beat. Save Bomber or Cyberpunk. Put Gollum in there. Save Gollum. 
give them rollerblades. There, I said it. So o- overall, overall, slightly more seriously, out of ten, what are we? What are we thinking? Six, eight. Yeah, I don't know. Nah, six. Does, 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 does that mean we're okay averaging to a seven, or is this one of those no compromises? My enemy is my enemy. My enemy is my enemy. My enemy is always Seth. It always was Seth. It always will be Seth. I'm going to add an extra bit here. It's probably a contender for one of my top three games of the year at the moment. Holy shit. Whatever. You've played like four games. I actually haven't. Yeah, and two of them were Final Fantasy. <laughs> oh, no, you haven't started. But yeah. I, 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 up to Bomb Rush Cyberpunk for games that came out this year, I've played 10. So I can actually make oh, a top 10 hell. list. Oh, no. Well, okay. Yeah, Done. because you've played 10. Anyway, I'll deal with you Tears later. Of the, great. Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, Tears of the Kingdom. Seven. All right, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> it's good. Now, Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. No, now, now, that I, now, now that he's putting me on the spot, I don't know what I was going to say because I had it all planned out before. Okay, well, then don't talk about it. All right, no, start, with, start with the tier and make your way to the kingdom. So I'm going to go the opposite direction of uh, Stephen and say that- What? Like, like you came out of this like really liking it. I think, yeah. I think after taking an extended break of this game, I've lost the illusion. Like I've, uh, I've gone past the honeymoon momentum, phase no. of it. No, not even uh. the momentum. I've lost the honeymoon phase of it. Like even if I, even if it was, if I did finish it a couple months back, and then like I'm looking back on it now, I think I would have felt the same way. In that. It's really good at what it's doing. The ultra hand stuff and the fusing mechanics are all really great, but there's a lot of the stuff in this game does end up feeling like busy work and just being lengthy for the sake of being lengthy. Like they they did this whole uh, marketing thing of like the the um Sky Islands are going to be super important, and then it's just like three major areas are actually important and the rest of them are just kind of like scattered little islands all over the place that don't really do or house anything. You just kind of have the tutorial area that houses a temple of time. Then you have the two dungeons that are up in the sky islands. Um, the underground also is basically the entirety of Hyrule, but underground, but there's nothing to do there except for one side quest and one dungeon. And then outside that is just grinding zonite so you can get more batteries and then they also increase the amount of um shrines that are in the game and the shrines were already something in breath of the wild so i was like yeah there's too many of them in this and then they went what if there's more (laughs) um i think in breath of the wild i said i tapped out at around 60 out of the 120 that were in there um in this i tapped out at about 90 out of the 150 that are there and yeah it's just I really appreciate the story that's in the game. I think the story is so much better than what was in there uh, in Breath of the Wild. Um, the new mechanics are a lot better. Like the again, like the Ultra Hand and the sticking everything together and making your own crazy vehicles. That's so much fun. But then, yeah, after spending a few months away from that, I I, I really didn't feel a pull to go back to the game and finish it. I just kind of like, yeah, I was right at the end. I might as well go back now that I'm in between games. And the the ending absolutely nails it. Like, if it wasn't for that ending, I was going to drop my score down to a seven. Um, but I'm sticking it. I'm I'm going to stick with an eight for now because of just how good those uh, uh, final moments were. How good's that? Like, how good's the last part of Ganon? Oh, sorry, it's so it's so oh, fun, it's so good. And like, it actually like uses the mechanics quite well. It's like oh. 
today I learned that there was a mechanic in that fight that I didn't um take advantage of because I just I just didn't think to do it. Apparently you can hit his um his gloom balls back at him with the master sword. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I didn't think that of that like to do? Well, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. I was using the um shield parry against it because Oh fuck, that would have been terrible. <laughs> ever fucking since Breath of the Wild, they're like, yeah, no, when a projectile comes at you, use the arm um, shield to uh deflect it. And so I think I'm still just brainwashed from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, yeah. I haven't played Ocarina of Time. I didn't even think to use that. Oh shit. Yeah, because I haven't played Ocarina of Time, and apparently this is just a common thing that's in every Ganondorf fight where it's just like, yeah, yeah he's gonna throw something and you hit it back at him. It just never crossed my mind to do it because I've never done Ganondorf fights before on my own. It's good the difficulty increase with him as well. Like, it, um, I really like it, yeah. And the journey to get to him is fantastic as well. I did think that the journey to get um, Minyu's uh, robot together was a bit long. Oh, well, I accidentally came across it. Like, I was exploring the depth and I just got to it. And then, like, it updated oh, okay. the main quest. Yeah, it updated the main quest while I was down there. And I'm like, where the fuck am I? Like, um, then I, I did it. But I think that's just because I was accidentally there. Yeah, no, I did, like, the yeah. entire, like actual quest line to go do it like i uh, i went and went into a ring to find out her last message and i went to the ruins with the dragon shaped river and did the puzzle there and then it led me down to her for real and that that all added a bit big chunk of time that felt a bit like padding but also if you're able to just kind of run into it on your own then that does cut down the time it was just a bit surprising running into it like i didn't know what i was supposed to be i got the feeling that i well, I thought that I was going to, like, skip a bit of the story if I did it, so I just left and came back um, oh, yeah, after when, I finished when all I, four um, of the things. And then it's like, oh, yeah, no, you got to do this. I'm like, oh, fuck, all right. Yeah, when I first um, started, I, I was trying to get up to Hyrule Castle, and I was like, I don't actually see a way up here, so I'm just going to go down to the depths and see if there's a way up through there. And then I accidentally went down to, like, the, the fights before you fight Ganondorf, and I was like, oh... Cutscenes happening here. <laughs> Important cutscenes happening here. I'm just yeah. going to quit out and load up a previous save and not go back down there till I'm ready to do the final boss. Ah, interesting. I, yeah, I am I, curious now to see what the final boss looks like when you do nothing. Surely it just sort of lo- it doesn't lock you out of it, but it like it puts up an invisible wall and says, "Come back later, you bastard." Oh no, you can do you can do the boss fight without doing anything else. Like, yeah. oh, so it's a breath yeah, of the wild. It's like breath of the wild where you can just go to the ending if you feel like it. Mm. What do you reckon, Pat? You get you picking it up now? I know. It's it's one of those things. I, uh, I've been told that I would really enjoy the crafting, the putting putting the robots together, like not robots, putting the contraptions together and stuff, and that seeing something that developers or just everyone that's ever touched or used a Switch say is literal magic that they got going as well as they did is just interesting, but. The, uh, it was, it was kind of a challenge to myself of this game is being very hyped up and it's the sort of game that I enjoyed, but not to the point where I'm just going to go out and get it day one and play it. And I was able to survive the hype cycle long enough that I'm kind of at peace with, I'll play it eventually, but I'm in no rush to play it. So I'll get it eventually when Nintendo decides that they want to you know, put their game on sale in 20 years or so, uh, and, and then I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But yeah, everything I've heard, fantastic game, and a game that I'm sure I would enjoy, but kind of like Elden Ring, where I picked up Elden Ring because it's not normally the sort of game I play. It was because of the hype that, yeah, not picking up Tears of the Kingdom, but 
still I'm sure I will enjoy it when I, when I eventually do. Yeah, it's yeah, you, a lot of people that normies have been like, oh, yeah, like, do you recommend me to get this game? And I'm like, oh, did you enjoy Breath of the Wild? And they're like, ah, not really. I'm like, don't bother. It's like, oh, no, how could you say that? It's like, well, it, it captured, like, it builds upon the Breath of the Wild successes. And if you don't like Breath of the Wild, you're not going to like this. Hmm. Like, Breath of the Wild was good. I, I enjoyed it. But as soon as I finished it, which I think more of a how I've been commonly playing Switch games, as soon as I finished it, put it down, never picked it up again. So Probably because you're not playing with the sound on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that was one that I was playing with, uh, with more sound, because that was one that I was playing uh, at my previous place, where, where I, I wasn't able to nicely have a uh, dock connected to a monitor. So, but, I mean, still fair, fair, fair shout, though. Basic, yeah. Basically, my 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 summary of Tears of the Kingdom is just it's it's very good, but like like Patrick with Breath of the Wild, I I don't think I'm going to go back to this. I'm just going to look back on it and go, yeah, that was fine. It was better than Breath of the Wild was, but in the end, it's not 100 percent for me. I guess. Yeah. Like there's, I, I just been... feel like there's a little too much busy work and padding and things that. They they made the game bigger, but not in a way that feels substantial. I've been verbally promised that I can borrow uh, the cartridge, which I will, of course, lick to taste that sweet, sweet anti-lick coating. Nom, 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 of, nom, nom. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I've, I've been verbally promised that I can borrow uh, the cartridge at some point when, when my mate's finished with it, and I'm sure that's when I'll pick it up, play it for a weekend or so, mess around with some of the contraption building, and then either... Enjoy it enough that I go and get it myself at that point, or just hand it back to him and go, thanks, I, I got what I wanted to out of it. But I guess that's basically it then. Is that everything covered? I believe so. Bears. Actually, no, there are bears in Breath of the Wild, I forgot. <laughs> it's also, I was going to say, there's bears in Skyrim, which didn't even mm-hmm. have to be modded in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that means that we're at the end of part one for this week. Thank you to you both, as always. It means we get to move on to part two for this week, which is, of course, the news. And starting off with a banger, I love the Power Wash Simulator, guys. Every DLC pack is just better than the last. Uh, this week, excellent news. Not only do we have a sequel to the absolutely amazing Bikini Bottom DLC, but they're following it up with Back to the Future, special DLC pack. I, I don't know. Who's this for? Me. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I not get it, but your kids are going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's good. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can wash the DeLorean. You can wash the train. I'm sorry, did you say DeDorian? DeLorean. Okay, the Mandalorian. Thank you. thank you for saying that correctly. You can wash a bunch of cogs. Can you imagine power washing, I always forget his name, the, the bully, Buster? No. Uh, oh, Beavis. Fuck. No, that's it's not Beavis. I don't think it's, it's Beavis or Butthead. Um, I'm pretty sure it begins with a B, though. I'm pretty sure it is, too. Bobby? Anyway, imagine, uh, imagine, uh, imagine uh, power-washing uh, him. You, you have to try and... It, the more you power-wash him, the more he's trying to beat you up. Then you just turn up the pressure and watch him fly. It's, it's Biff Tannen. It's Biff Tannen. Biff! There yeah. we go. Yes. I was never going to get that. Yeah, not a name. Um, <laughs> Doing the Lord's work there, Steve. Thank you. Um, what do you mean, who is this for? Do you... I mean, even if this isn't for you, can you at least appreciate the effort that goes into this? No, but it's like, uh, of all the things that I'm like, all right, you know what I want to clean up today? The DeLorean from Back to the Future. Yeah, Biff Oh, Tannen. right. Yeah, it's very, I don't know, it's a bit weird. 
It's just, yeah, the, the SpongeBob thing was weird. This is even more weirder. What's next? Like, um, Jaws or something. The, you're trading in the Power Wash backpack for a, um, the, the backpacks from Ghostbusters. What do you mean? I'm waiting for Nickelodeon All Star Brawl 2 to Power Wash Man as one of the characters. Well, canonically, it's probably, if, it's, if he's in SpongeBob, canonically, he exists in the Nick All Star universe, I guess. It's true. It's true. Um, the yeah, Simpsons. I, I, want, I want a Power Wash DLC for The Simpsons. There you go. I said it. You heard it here first. Whoever makes Power Wash Simulator, get in touch. We'll talk money. Give me a hey, lot. Get, hey, Do it for Futurama, so you have to wash. Uh, you, you have to make sure that Bender has a nice washed, uh, shiny metal ass. <laughs> it's just his ass. <laughs> just so you can bite it. No, 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 you're, no. You're, you're washing him with alcohol, and you have to wash his ass, but he keeps putting his mouth in the way. It's like a boss fight. <laughs> um, do they have boss fights in this game? They should. You have, to, you have to wash a boss from Final Fantasy VII in this. The real boss is yourself and the high standards of power washing that you've come to expect from yourself. The boss is anyway, the, so yeah, the, boss is the, uh, <laughs> the bill at the end of it. It's true. Uh, anyway, so we have uh, news that it will launch in 2023. Uh, I don't think they're more specific about when, but for the, the sort of 8 USD type uh, price, which I think is about where the others are, but there's a trailer you can go and watch. Um, any final words on this from either of you two? Otherwise, we'll move on. No, it's interesting. Let's move on. But Yeah, very funny that they're doing it. Indeed. Uh, next up, Seth, your big titty goth GF just dropped in Street Fighter. Uh, introduce her to us. Uh, she seems more small titty, but sure. Um, following up from Eva when they announced uh, Aki with a, um, with a story-themed trailer, they've re- dropped a um, gameplay trailer to show what she's going to look like uh, in gameplay. It says they also says they're uh, going to release her on September twenty-seven. She's you got a bowl cut. Yeah, they they said that they were designing it based on a um umbrella. I think it was. <laughs> fucking hell! That's exactly what I want my characters to be designed after a fucking umbrella. <laughs> Jesus. Um, they're they're taking the poison mechanic from uh, Fung in Street Fighter Five and giving it to her, but making her gameplay more snake-like and more reach and pokey. She she looks pretty interesting. She's got a lot of like weird movements. Like she gets onto her back and squirms along the floor like a snake. Um, a lot of her design is also reflective of snake stuff. Yeah, she looks interesting. I don't know if I'll end up maining her, but I'll definitely give her a try when she releases. But to you ca- pay for it, um, I've got a season pass, so yeah, I paid for her. Ah, um, hmm. and and to cap it off, Capcom literally says in their tweets about her is that no, you cannot fix her. Ah. Uh. No horny facing on main. Thank you, company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cap, Capcom trying to head that one off at the pass. They um, already yeah, see you horny for real, for real, no cap. saying no. <laughs> uh, Just like me, for real, for real, no cap. Uh, don't do that. Uh, next no Capcom. up, we, we... More like Capcom. You're out. God damn it. Yeah, no. you're out. Yeah, <laughs> no, straight up. Uh, next up, we have uh, everyone's favorite Looney Tune, Taz the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, from Wish, uh, in uh, oh. Taz the Tasmanian Tiger 4, Bush Rescue, on September 26th. Um, is this just like an Australian thing? I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this. Uh, yeah. No, it's a, it's a biblically accurate Tasmanian. <laughs> it's a biblically accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know when. It was like the early 2000s, I think, like, by the Tasmanian Tiger. 
I'm not sure if it was Australian developed, but it was like definitely Australian themed. And I'm not sure if it We're, took uh, off, but there was definitely a cult following around it. There were definitely um, Australian developers on there because my um my animation director for my master's degree worked on animation for the first game. Ah, oh, far out. Um, and it was a 3D platformer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Taiwan yeah. and two, I believe, were three platformers. I'm not sure about three. I feel like three might have been a three, revival three, game. Three was the racing game. Oh, might have been. This one looks like a fucking VN. Oh no, it doesn't. It's a two D platformer. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird that they're going for a two D platformer in this one. It looks low budget. Um, yeah. Okay. Type three was around the same time as the other two games, and that was also a three D platformer. So even weirder that this is going to be a two D game. Yeah. Um. It looks like so. It, it looks like those internet style flash games. Honestly. Yeah, honestly, that was the word I was looking for. Yeah, it does. Like the backgrounds look like, just like they've got a shitty background and they've just made it to fill up the whole screen. So it's probably gonna be blurry and shit. Like, yeah, and like every it. part of time moves independently from each other. Like as he's running forward, like his head's bobbing up and down separately from his body, and like the arms don't look connected to his body either. You're telling me that's not how biblically accurate Tasmanian devils run? Oh, no, they do, but uh, no, Tasmanians, Tasmanian peoples. Um, but that's only because uh, Tasmanian peoples are very, very inbred. Shout out to all my Tasmanian friends. <laughs> nice save. That was almost awkward. <laughs> oh, no, it was. Um, I'm sure they can count on one hand how many times I've made fun of them because they've got 20 fingers on one hand. Tasmania is the <laughs> Alabama of Australia. Well, in Alabama prices, uh, it'll be priced at 20, I assume, US dollars. Uh, but people that pre-order it get a discount because, of course, they do. Love that practice. We will be revisiting that practice in a little bit. Are we, are we getting this, fellas? Hmm. Probably not. No. Probably not. Definitely. Fucking. Most definitely I not. I don't want to be shot by, by people in New Zealand for buying something Australian. Are we becoming one country soon? Why is a cassowary the bad guy in this? Whatever. Um, yeah, sorry, move on. I'm just, I'm just dribbling. Uh, well, we will move on right into, uh... Where, when's, um... Ah. Uh, no, like, keep going. I've completely, I fumbled the bag yet again. He interrupted the segue just to fumble the segue. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was gonna ask that... Well, what's we're, that? we're talking about Beyond Good and Evil, and I think we just figured out which one Steve is. <laughs> He's Beyond, beyond. Evil. <laughs> no, I'm just Beyond. Um... <laughs> what's that? The pirate game is coming out soon? Or really never. Skull and Bones. Um, oh, Skull and Cones. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just think. I literally just had a thought of, like, um, what's happening with that? The same thing that's happening with Beyond Good and Evil 2. No, what's happening with that? Oh, yeah, Seth? Well, what is happening with Beyond Good and Evil 2? Nothing. Nothing's happening with that game. Okay, well, what's happening with Beyond Good and Evil 1? Uh, they're remastering it and releasing it for a 20th anniversary edition on modern consoles and PC. Which will make it the most- How are we feeling about that one, boys? Bad. I, I don't play the first one, I don't give a shit. Um, it looks like this is in development hell. Maybe just, uh, just like I fumbled the segue, maybe just admit you fumbled the, the release and just let it go. I've heard good things about the uh, Beyond Good and Evil, and I have it on PS3 because it came free with PlayStation Plus one month. PS3. And um, you have it for the PS3. Yeah, but a more recent release- Sounds like a better deal to go into that and play that instead. I mean, that's so long as it actually releases. Uh, the point is that we have a rating from ESRB, but 
great in the sense that it sounds like things are progressing, but uh, I guess no guarantees. It, it is just a rating. There's not really any other things to be uh, mentioned. Yeah, the anniversary uh, is in do, November, do so maybe that, look around then. Yeah, the anniversary was November 11, 2003, which, boy howdy, that is a long time ago now. Isn't that 9-11? Uh, next up, in some funny... No, <laughs> That's what? way <laughs> off. I'm revving you up. Because it's the 11th of November, like, doesn't matter. It's 11-11, make a wish. Uh, in, in a, so n- next up, in a, in a very desperate attempt to become an EA level 5 cardholder, someone traded in the uh, Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 Xbox Series S and furry controller. Which are no longer furry because they ripped off all the fur. Yeah, okay, so, so to, uh, I'm, I'm... Imagine, imagine shaving your controller. I don't want to. So I, everybody, <laughs> listeners of this podcast probably remember us quite adamantly discussing uh, this special Xbox Series S con- um, and two controllers. It was Sonic the Hedgehog 2, like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie themed. Uh, and both the controllers are like it were furry. One was blue for Sonic and the other was red for Knuckles. Um, very, very fucking strange. Yeah, actually grab the controller and it's warm. I, I look. I'll, I'll, I, I will I'll, be honest. If I had won this, I would not have touched or used those controllers. This would have just been a display piece that I'd let sit. Absolutely. You, you, could, Absolutely, you couldn't use it. Imagine like eating something and you it gets all crusty. Imagine having like Dorito stained hands and you no longer um yeah it's it's fucking abhorrent. Steve, so, do me a favor and stop talking. No, just the, I I want to meet the psychopath that came up with this idea, the fairy controllers. But anyway, that's not the point of the story. Um. He's getting ripped yeah, off someone- because someone traded in an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> well, I entered the sweepstakes. It could have been me that won. And the person just... It could have been you that, it could have been you that shaved the controllers. Yeah. Well, they didn't shave the controller. So they traded in both the Xbox and the two controllers into GameStop. They probably got 45 cents. Um, absolutely fucking mental. And then it turns out the... Well, I know pictures of the controllers have come out, but it seems like the person ripped the fur off the controllers because they said it was uncomfortable. Madman actually tried to use the controllers, which <laughs> under, under the replies of the tweets that said this got traded in, people tracked down the, like, they posted the guy that won his um, post of winning it. And I looked at his thread and I, I realized, oh, like, the moment he got it, he just started playing Sonic Unleashed on it because that's the meme, I guess. And he traded it in. What the? F- oh, man, that's. You ever think God stays in heaven because he too lives in fear of what he's created? I was actually going to ask, do you think he traded it in because he realized the resale value was lost since he ripped the fur off? <laughs> but he still could have gotten a lot of money just for the console. Like, it's, it, it does look like a shitty rap, though. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, it's better than the shitty t- raps that Microsoft is going to sell soon. Uh, debatable. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, raps in general are garbage. <laughs> yeah, no, that's... It's- Meanwhile, PlayStation skins, top tier. Yeah. He's right. That um, that Spider Man cover looks pretty good. Even even just the the, the colored um, I don't know what you call plates. Yeah. yeah, even just the colored plates. Yeah, the, the, those are also. I need sick. to get purple ones sometime. I've been saying it for like a year and a half. You you really have been. Why? Too busy buying all the Final Fantasy sixteen collector's editions. Huh? <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs> in there. I got uh, five of them, and I need to go through each one. <laughs> Lease it for Xbox. I worry about you. <laughs> I'm just going to make the claims more outrageous every week. <laughs> it's yeah. a cry yeah, for he, he says, um, he, he says like, a claim um, I say with the apostrophe fingers I've been to your house there 
your house is literally just one big Final Fantasy 16 collector's edition. God, I wish. Hey, he's living his Final Fantasy. He's living his Final Fantasy, okay? Who are we to judge? <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, and, and enough to and enough to f- talk about the furry controllers. Um, damn shame. I think I think it was a really cool thing. The chances are that, like, I don't know. Th- there's like a a very small chance that Microsoft sees that and goes, "Well, that was a fucking waste of the collaboration. We'll do one more." But highly uh, doubt, unlikely. Yeah. Do you reckon? Okay, and and stay with me, fellas. This is going to get pretty gross. Patrick, he's lost me. No. <laughs> you reckon that like. You'd like these furry controllers if you actually were a furry? No. Like, my, my fursona is this Xbox Series S. No. Explain. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I don't want <laughs> him to explain. Let's move on. Fair enough. <laughs> the Xbox and Series... On. Oh, no, well, hang on. Fair well, no. enough, perhaps. No. Um, uh, next up, we have cool things from Borderlands news. Um, Borderlands 3, the Ultimate Edition, is coming to Switch, which is... Uh, this one kind of tripped me out because I swear it was already available on Switch. I think the just, regular just, game is, but, no, but now they're doing like yeah. a big game with a year bundle for it. So it's 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 a combination. So there's the Handsome Jack collection, and now there is we'll talk about both articles at once. Now there is the Pandora's Box collection. So the Handsome Jack collection we've had for a while. That's Borderlands One, Borderlands Pre Sequel, Borderlands Two, because those were all the games with um, in or around Handsome Jack. Technically, Handsome Jack isn't really in the first one, but... But you might as well do a trilogy. Exactly, you might as well do a trilogy. And so they've announced that as a standalone game, Borderlands 3 The Ultimate Edition, which just means uh, all the the four-story DLCs plus director's cut and designer's cut and a bunch of cosmetics uh, will be available on Switch, which... Cool, I guess. I... The thing that makes me the most nervous is that they say that you can do local co-op, like local co-op. Oh, the poor Switch is going to die. Yeah, I just, I don't know how that's possible. Maybe if you mute the sound. (laughs) They um, they downgraded the game massively. Hey, you, shut up. But um, unless they get the the people behind Tears of the Kingdom to just work literal magic on the Switch again, I just just don't know how local co-op would even work. I don't think you even need them. Just get the people that made the Doom Eternal port. Um, so anyway, that, that's point one. That was the thing that stuck out for me about point one. But Borderlands 3, excellent game. Uh, I'm, I actually don't know if... I know we've talked about Borderlands. I don't know if we've gone through Borderlands specifically in a while at least. In at least six months. Uh, but then part two is that... Probably true. Uh, part two is, the, is that the Pandora's box uh, as the Borderlands collection, which is Borderlands 1, Borderlands 2, Borderlands the pre-sequel, uh, as well as... So that's the Handsome Jack collection as well as Tales from the Borderlands, Borderlands 3, and new Tales from the Borderlands. Where's uh, Tiny which Tina's? Which is funny because, exactly, because Tiny Tina's isn't in there, except it sort of is, because it would be as part of the DLC of Borderlands oh, 2. Yeah. And they've put new Tales of the Borderlands in there, which I still don't think anyone has played. You know, if people they play have, it. I don't think they like it enough to talk about it. I don't think anyone's admitted to playing it. I think a few people have played it quietly, but they, they just haven't. They've pretended that they haven't. I. I, do, I want it uh, every now and then. And I get the feeling it drops quite significantly in price um, a lot. Tales from Borderlands 1 was good. Yeah, that was really good. I haven't heard anyone say anything good about new Tales from Borderlands. And then, yeah, no Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, which in some ways makes sense because even Borderlands 3 to Tiny Tina is like a five-year gap. Like, Borderlands 3 is not new by any stretch anymore. God, so- it has been a long time. And I remember when it felt like it's been an eternity between 2 and 3. 
Yeah, exactly. But even as, as I realized, as I just said, that new Tales from the Borderlands is only too old, and that's part of the collection, so... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, something something going on there. But the point is, that is available for all platforms except Switch. Uh, it means that you can't play Tales from the Borderlands or new Tales from the Borderlands on Switch. And this one, once again, pre-ordering. Technically a launch discount, but it might as well be a pre-order. Normally, 150 US dollaritos, which I'm... I... I'm pretty sure you can get each game separately on Steam for less than that. Could be wrong. Might Unless just be they updated the prices Steams. to yeah, match. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I might just be they thinking of discounts. Uh, but they say that it's available as a launch discount for $60 Uh And they make a special note to say that because it's done as a Steam bundle, or sorry, not Steam, but as a platform bundle, that uh, there are ways for the platform that you want to play on to recognize that you've already got some of some or all of the content already and so we'll adjust the price so like on steam yeah. for example i could be paying 60 dollars to buy new tales from the borderlands and actually technically borderlands 3 on steam because i played it on epic like a chump because i wanted to get there early the one thing that annoys me about this they they talked about this wait no it wasn't borderlands no my mistake i was thinking that a monster hunter actually where because they keep announcing that it's available on other platforms, it would be really cool if they gave a way to sync saves across. And technically, there is for the Handsome Collection. It's, again, modded tools. But uh, the major turnoff, one, for playing Borderlands 3 on the Switch, that's just going to die. But two, that uh, I've put so many hundreds of hours that, on one hand, really cool that it's now available for more people to play. But the other hand, it's like I've already... I've already done my time. I, I'm not going to pick up anything more out of this. Are either of you going to pick this up? I uh, gotta be honest, probably not. I'm tempted, honestly. Once the, um, the price hike goes in and then I'll be less tempted, I'll probably pick it up on a Steam sale after that. But I'm looking at it now and I only own Borderlands 1 on Steam. So my price is currently going from, instead of having to pay $85, I'd be paying $75. And because Steam does that thing where they're listing everything and their individual prices, it's telling me I'll save six hundred and seventy-six dollars and seventy-two cents. <laughs> that is that is a ninety percent discount. Wow, you're basically losing money if you don't. I am. Uh, no, I, I I will say I will always go into bat for Borderlands Two, one of my favorite games of all time. Borderlands Three, good, really good in terms of the movement mechanics. I'm, I'm sure we did talk about this, maybe not in the last six months, but definitely recently-ish that uh, a couple of friends of ours got back into Borderlands 2 and Borderlands 3, and so I, I um, picked it up again just, just for a few hours here and there, and Borderlands 2 still holds up, Borderlands 3 still holds up. The, the only issue being that I got used to the movement of Borderlands 3, which is a big upgrade on Borderlands 2, but man, the story, the just the little details, I've, I've, I know I've talked about the little details of Borderlands 2, but just the the rose-tinted glasses and the glory days of 2012 gaming where games had to, like, do something meaningful to be differentiated and be sought after by players, whereas nowadays it's like, well, we're not Gollum, so buy us. And we're like, fair enough. <laughs> I'd, I'd, like to do, I'd like to do a Borderlands retrospective for myself because going off my own, like, rose-tinted glasses, I believe I currently said, like, the opinion that I like the tone of Borderlands 1 the most. But Borderlands 2, from what I played, like, I, I finished it way back when, but I never did the DLCs for it. But when I played Borderlands 2, that was just an improvement in actual gameplay. 
I yeah, I get where you're coming from. Borderlands one and Borderlands yeah. two is the Assassin's Creed one to Assassin's Creed two upgrade for me, but it does change the tone quite substantially. Yeah, yeah, so. it becomes more than like a first person shooter type of thing. It it has more of a story and stuff. But it was always a first person shooter. But they they went yeah, yeah, from yeah, sorry. they 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 went from a dark brooding post apocalyptic with little funny bits tone to a basically comedy first, still set in a dark area type tone for the second one. Like, it, it's- What if, what if it's the apocalypse kind of, was fueled by Reddit? <laughs> uh, the, the way that I like to think about it, it's like the, the difference Because you don't want to think about Reddit. True. The, the difference in tone between Borderlands 1 Borderlands 2, I, I think, because it's been a while since I played either game, but I think is like the tone between uh, GTA 5 in that GTA 4 is not trying to be funny, but that has some funny moments. And GTA 5, I think, is trying to be more funny, or at least is willing to be more funny intentionally. And that's similar to Borderlands 2, where, like, there, there are moments in Borderlands 1 where, admittedly, I, I was playing it when I was quite a bit younger, but it definitely felt more like a, a kind of thrillery, horror-y type thing, because it was... Yeah, just like dark, barren, very kind of brown <laughs> in the in the palette. Everything yeah. because it was Pandora, but uh, it because it was also pre cell shading. Remember the the shell, the cell shading upgrade was Borderlands two, so they they knocked it out of the park with with Borderlands one had cell shading, but it wasn't as good as how they upgraded it for two. Like yeah. it's still a cell shaded look, but it's more dry. I want yeah. to say, and, were, yeah, and, and, and there wasn't even the color palette was way more limited. It was more browns and grays than Borderlands Two, making them realize, oh, there's there's a color wheel. <laughs> yeah, and there was no story in Borderlands One as well. It was like a like there there was, was, but it's the story wasn't why you played it. Whereas I look yeah, back exactly. fondly on the story the, of Borderlands Two. I think the best yeah. way I can describe like the tone shift is that in Borderlands 1, Scooter is an ex eccentric character that exists in that world, and Borderlands 2 has multiple characters trying to be eccentric like Scooter was. Yeah, yeah that's pretty weird to put it. Because for me, the, the funniest moment which comes to mind from Borderlands 1 is when they're going through the backstory of Baron Flint, and they're talking about how uh, he he wanted a title, but he wanted the title to be accurate, and so he wasn't royal, so he couldn't be King, maybe King Flint. He wasn't given the land, so he couldn't be Lord Flint, and it was like going through every title, and uh, he, he whittled it down to two, where he could call himself Baron Flint or Big Cheese Flint, and then you learnt that he went and assassinated everyone that voted for him to be called Big Cheese Flint. <laughs> and it's like, that that is funny, but that that is like a side quest in the middle of nowhere discovering lore for, for that comedy piece to exist there. That's not the main story. Anyway, getting really off topic as, as always talking about Borderlands, but they're available. Uh, I'm glad they're Great available, games. but I won't be touching either. I do want to see, I, I do want to see local co-op on Switch. I want to see how, how long the Switch has to live. I want to see the light yeah, leave its eyes. I you also just kind of appreciate- slide before? Seen what? PowerPoint slideshow before? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. In, in general, I just kind of appreciate when they do these bundles that are just like, yeah, here's the entire series discounted. That's always nice. But it's not. We're Tiny Tina. Yeah, we're Tiny Tina. I need that chaos. Yeah. yeah. Technically um, non-canon to the Borderlands story, so I can kind of see why they didn't include it. But 
still, eh. Part of the series, put it in. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, next up, we have some Final Fantasy 16 news. Theater Rhythm, getting a few songs. It's coming to the Xbox? Does it news? Seth, Xbox check. Is it coming to the Xbox? No, neither of these games are on Xbox. Not even Theater Rhythm. I don't care about Theater Rhythm. Got Tap Tap at home. Do you, though? But yeah, I'll, I'll just yeah, quickly bundle yeah. these into one talking point, I guess, because all of this was announced at um, a PAX West panel that they did. Mm-hmm. They, they had the, um, the localization director, Koji Fox, at PAX, and he had a bunch of the voice actors from Final Fantasy 16 there to just kind of talk about the game and development, but they also did some new announcements. First off was, hey, that um, Final Fantasy Rhythm game, Theater Rhythm, there's going to be a DLC pack that has Final Fantasy 16 tracks and that's uh, coming November 2023. Sorry, it took me a second to find that. Um, there's going to be 11 tracks. I Just looking at the list, I think there's some good ones here, like Away is really good, Find the Flame is fantastic, Hide Hideaway is fantastic, uh, My Star and Tide and Lost are my favourites, To Sail Forbid- Forbidden Seas as well. I've just basically gone through half of the list, and I'll stop there. <laughs> and yeah, that's going to be like 15 US dollars. I think if you have the season pass, it's already included in that so that's nice and i kind of figured that they were going to add Final fantasy 16 tracks to this game at some point when they announced that there was going to be long lasting dlc but after that they also said that the main game of Final fantasy 16 will be getting two paid dlcs down the line and the pc version is in development like completely officially announcing yeah pc version's coming we're not going to surely get more that means the xbox version's coming soon surely that means it Patrick, I don't know how to tell him that it's cope. It'll um, it'll release at the same time as um the Final Fantasy VII collection for the Xbox. Can't wait. It'll be on Game Pass as well. But yeah, um, thanks for beta. Thanks for beta <laughs> testing PlayStation players. But yeah, um, all of these, uh, all of these, um, they said, look, don't don't expect any announcements until maybe the end of this year if we're lucky. Just knowing these exist, I'm happy with that. And they also put out a free update the day that the panel went up where they just added a couple of new skins and added some quality of life stuff like transmog options to the weapons, which was a surprising lack of a feature in the main game. Yeah, good stuff all around. I'm, I'm excited to dive back into the game when the DLCs come out. Do you reckon you'll do another playthrough? I will absolutely do a full playthrough. For both DLC? Uh, no. no. Yeah. Is there a collector's edition of the DLC? Ooh, hold on. Let, <laughs> let hold them on, let waste money. <laughs> let them be robbed. Yeah, yeah, let, let them make something. Uh, let, let, let them put it together and then we'll see. But yeah, no, no it's it, just, just announcements that these are happening. Not a whole lot to go off just yet. Yeah, still, yeah, always, always good that... Good that the games I like get to live longer. That that's what I was gonna say. I was trying to think of if I could like slam a joke in there, but yeah, that that, that was the sentiment. Uh, next up, some sad news. Uh, I know that you played the Saints Row reboot, Seth, but I and I think most of the internet uh, never even sniffed at it because it just it it it, it didn't make. S- I never understood why why it was being rebooted. I still hold Saints Row three near and dear to my heart. And unfortunately, that's where it will stay because Volition, who developed it, has been shut down after 30 years. I just want to give a, a personal shout out to Embracer Group for uh, maintaining a strong video game position by ruining my childhood. So thank you. Thank you, Embracer Group. Hope the, hope the bottom line's worth it. They were embracing them and they didn't like getting embraced back. 
I I didn't I realize know. that Volition was around for 30 years until this news dropped, honestly. Yeah, you don't realize how long these things go and how, uh, I don't know, make better games. I don't know. I, I don't know what you'd say. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't think I ever played a single game, apart from okay, first so, two so things, right? I can I see the knee-jerk take there, but the problem is, right, if you look now at Max's... Well, okay. <laughs> Th- thanks, Seth. True. <laughs> What I was trying to say was that if you look at Maxis, when you look at Pandemic, when you look at possibly BioWare soon, we don't know, where EA tells them to make a game and then the game is shit, EA goes, well, I guess the studio's dead and then takes it to the farm. So it's not like Volition had a lot of say here. Now, maybe they had a lot of say over Saints Row and that's, that's on them. But I do think in, in current year, it is rare for a game that is, or for, for a studio that is underneath a larger entity in some form to be told, yeah, no, just go make what you want, it'll be fine. Uh, yeah, I, publishers have to look at their bottom line as well. This definitely wouldn't have happened if the um, deal Embracer was looking forward to with Saudi Arabia earlier this year didn't fall through either. Like, yeah, they had yeah. a multi-billion dollar deal, I think it was, in the works, and because that fell through, the CEO was like, well, fuck, we own too much and we have to start subsidizing. And it sucks that Volition was one of those developers that got buried because of a bad deal. So what's interesting, because this is specifically about the 30-year thing. When I look at, let's say, Criterion, right? Where Criterion were given Need for Speed Unbound. And I've already talked about Unbound. I liked it, but I totally understand why a lot of people didn't. Where... Let's say this was Criterion rather than Volition. My response or my, my knee-jerk reaction would be they were the studio behind Burnout 3, which I played a lot and loved, and Burnout 5, Burnout Paradise, which I played way too much and loved dearly. But when I look through who was still at the studio after Need for Speed Unbound, because we even covered that Matt, shoot, Matt, last name begins with a W, I think, Anyway, I'm a few blanking. of the people, fine, but a, a few of the people who were still around Criterion uh, for Unbound were leaving Criterion. And so it's kind of like a ship of Theseus thing. Like, we're sad that Volition is shutting down, but are we sad that Volition is shutting down because it's been around for 30 years and has a good track record? Because I would almost argue that given the last game that I know I played of theirs. I actually don't know what Volition's released since Saints Row 3. Uh, I'm sure there's stuff that I played. They're just, they're just it's has just to be. Saints Row 4, Agents of Mayhem, and then Saints Row Reboot. Okay, that makes the list a lot shorter. Yeah. But, but, the, point, but the point is, I, I don't think that many people from Saints Row 3 would still be at Volition. And if they were, I would be sad because I have a direct link between the people that made Saints Row 3 and Volition being shut down in the same way that if it was Criterion and Criterion was shut down, I would be sad that it was the people that made Burnout 5. But when I look at who was still around for Need for Speed Unbound, it's like, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of uncredited or like just not as popular credited people, but so many of the people that, or so many of the names and faces that I knew from enjoying Burnout 5 so much are just not at Criterion anymore. So if Criterion was shut down, I don't know how sad I would be. It's it's um, it is a ship of Theseus arguing. You're right. Like, yeah, it's, it's- I, I'm 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 not I'm not trying to like say you know I'm glad Volition shut down, 
but it is one of those weird <laughs> like ref- reflect on why i guess yeah yeah like, I, my, I my entire reason game. for being upset about this is more on the lines of it sucks for the people that are losing their jobs at the moment. Like, yeah, 100%. even if 100%. the Saints Road reboot wasn't received well, I think there were good ideas in there. Um, and I, I think it played pretty well. Um, I had some fun playing it. So, okay. so um, like on, the, on that side alone, they, they had room to improve. Like they had a base and they could have gotten better. But in general, it just sucks for the people that are losing their job. It sucks that this is a... Um, Another case of big publisher consumes a um, studio and then because the studio underperforms, they just shut them down. Like you mentioned with EA does it all the time and it happens all over the place. PlayStation's just going to do it. Microsoft does it. PlayStation does it. None of the big studios are are free of this sin. I can't believe Microsoft is going to shut down Bethesda. That's sorry. Not Bethesda. uh, Fuck. Uh, It's going to make the Activision Blizzard joke. Shit. They're going to shut down Activision and Blizzard, and then it'll only be the people that make Candy Crush left. King. King, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But I think one <laughs> of the worst things about this, <laughs> one of the worst things about this is that um, they announced and did the closure at an exact state where it fucked over all the employees' um, uh, insurance. Like, I think it was announced on the 31st of August, and if they had waited a day or done it earlier in the month, their insurance would have covered them for, like, another month, and they they did it specifically at the end of the month where it wouldn't tick over, and they all got fucked over. Oh, grim. God damn it, America is a failed state. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, in terms of in terms of your going into bat for volition moment there, Seth, which you, you raise a lot of points that I... As I say, I didn't play Saints Row, but I can see where you're coming from yeah. as to, to where you're even as sorry, just just to go to bat for them a little bit more as well. It's like Okay, you can put down the bat or use it to beat Steve, either or. They 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 were just um absorbed into gearbox as well. So like they they were already punished for the uh for Saints Row underperforming by being turned into a um into a gearbox asset studio, I guess. <laughs> to be turned to be turned into something that um, Randy Pitchford can go and wet Willie in the voice booth. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so they were already <laughs> pushed down enough as it was for the game failing. Like they basically got turned into an asset studio for Gearbox, probably just going to make guns for Borderlands. So that that's even more of a sh- yo bring them back. <laughs> so so that's even more of a shame that they're just like actually no, we're just going to cut you out entirely. Yeah, where I was go- what I was going to say. Every everyone cries when it's volition being shut down, but uh, I I'm pretty sure we covered that Gollum was such a colossal failure that Datalik is no longer making games. Never end. Good riddance. Yeah, I think I think that might have been their only game as well. No, no. Well, it was it was their first attempt at a video game, I think. But they had another Lord of the Rings game in the works, which got just shit canned on the spot because of how bad Gollum was. Yeah. Okay. No, they had been but, around but, for a but little my, while before that. Yeah. But but my point the next is, Gollum it's, game it's, will be good. I swear. Uh, just one more game. <laughs> that that it's funny that uh, we have two studios going through a similar sort of thing over. Just over over things that have come out. Actually, no. When was Saints Row? Saints Row was last last year. year, last August. Man, time time is a blur. Never mind. Last August. Holy shit! I I could have sworn it was this year. Never mind. Anyway, it's just it's just interesting that you know we're we're starting to see um some of the some of the publishers start to crumble and 
uh, man, every everything is right. Actually, should we, should we just should we just yeah, move on to the, the, the yeah, bio? Just roll into it. Yeah, that uh, we talk about the the red flags that someone's about to take a trip to the farm, and uh, I think we're all sitting scratching our heads trying to remember when the last good Bioware game was because wasn't Anthem and wasn't really Andromeda either. Wasn't even Inquisition. So I. I, I I know there's a Dragon Age in the works, and I think they've they've and Mass Effect Four has been in the works for a long time. Exactly, but we haven't seen anything on that, which makes me nervous. And the fact that they call it Mass Effect Four is just funny to me because they're just trying to completely forget that Andromeda exists. But the point is, I feel like Bungie needs needs that uh, Bungie. God damn it, Bioware. I feel like Bioware needs a win, and I'm scared what will happen to them if they don't. Yeah, no, they're probably going to be cut out by EA if um if the next Dragon Age underperforms. Apparently, a lot of Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Yeah, and apparently yeah. a lot of the people that got let go were writers, which is. Oh uh, wait, wait, we we haven't actually announced why they're in the news. So they are they are laying off approximately, and the the, the headline uses air quotes. Not air, I'm using air quotes. Quotation marks. Thank you. <laughs> English is hard, and it's 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 only my first language. Leave me alone. Um, Bioware is laying off, laying off approximately 50 people. Now, you are saying, most of them are writers. Yeah, so uh, apparently most of them are writers, like even like veteran writers at the studio. So, one, ironic that that's happening during the writer strike at Hollywood. And two, some of the best things about the Bioware games is their writing and their characters. So getting rid of the people that make those parts like really good is... Wow, what's going to be what's going to go ha- happen with their games? Look, uh, the 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 writing spiral in Bioware has not been very good for a while. Right, but getting rid of them isn't going to make that better. <laughs> yeah, it, and they're Most, not going yeah. to be replacing them. They're just getting rid of fifty employees. Well, like you got fifty less monkeys to bang out Shakespeare. Um, it'll just take more time, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I. I joke because I'm upset. Bioware. <laughs> you are also Bioware. a monkey. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to bang out Shakespeare. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, it's, it's a shame. Like, what this means for Dragon Age, who knows? Uh, there's sort of leaks going around of the Dragon, the Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Rumours that will be an officially announced um, at the Game Awards and then whatever will come out next year. That, ha- that rumour happens every year, by the way. Yeah, I oh, know. Yeah, yeah, like, when did uh, Inquisition come out 2016. It's like, oh no, next year they're bringing out something else that nothing happens. Um, it'd be very interesting to see if like they've already done the writing and all that kind of stuff. Because um, the, the writing can be made independent from the gameplay. But if yeah, uh, it's pretty upsetting. I get the feeling that with all the layoffs happening, maybe uh, as gamers we should become more following of personalities and people rather than companies. Uh, like, remember the days of like Real Riot and. Um, is it Will Wright? Yeah, uh, Spore Guy. Yeah, Spore Guy. Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. I don't get me started about Spore. Um, so much potential <laughs> and all these ideas. Yeah, like, maybe in like Gabe Newen as well. Maybe we should start following personality. But then at the same well, time, one of my favorite quotes from IGN is like Warren Spector saying, we shouldn't, um, we shouldn't be attributing entire games to single developers. So, no, and I- then IGN, <laughs> after that quotation, says, Says creator of Epic Mickey and Deus Ex, Warren Spector. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Yeah, I was was just about to backtrack and say like, oh, like games aren't 
one person operations like it some indie Some, developers. sometimes it's very rare but sometimes there is like a director that's like a, vis- a visionary and a lot of the game's attributes are by what they envision but that's like very rare cases with like a hideo, a hideo kojima sort of work yeah or even like but Jesus even then it takes like anything. so many people to get that vision to be made and and uh good old sakurai Oh man! Yeah, yeah, as well. And Sakurai's yeah, I, YouTube uh, channel is really good, by the way. Like he goes, he goes through a lot of interesting uh, topics about what he does to get games made. Yeah, and I was listening to Kojima's podcast, and man, the guy's head is so fucking far up his ass. Holy shit! <laughs> um, but it, it, don't forget, Kojima made himself that personality because Metal Gear Solid One. It was always a, a, a Hideo Kojima game, Hideo Kojima game. Um, it was never a he put his name on the box. He made himself that. Um, and power to yeah, him. Yeah, and Jason Rubin, like one of the founders of Naughty Dog, always kind of wanted to be that himself as well. He wanted to be like an industry name instead of instead of like Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter being attributed to Naughty Dog. He, want, he wanted them to be more attributed to all of the names inside Naughty Dog because he, he, was, he was already preaching that whole ship of Theseus thing way back in like 2005 of like, yeah, no, the, the studio the studio exists to put these games out, but it's the people at the studio that make them possible and then that, like, the people can always change. So what what's a Naughty Dog game 20 years from now when some of those names are no longer there? Might be Naughty Cat. Hold on, let's not get crazy. Yeah, um, the, yeah. The, the other aspect, which... I don't want to spend too long talking about, but I've just seen I've seen some takes thrown back and forth uh, on on the old interwebs. Is that in the midst of of you know layoffs, studio closures, all all the doom and gloom, that the pace, or sorry, that that along with something like Ubisoft trying to push a similar sort of game on a release cycle, or, or Pokemon, wasn't it Pokemon recently where people said, "Hey, you could slow down if you want," and they went, "No, we prefer releasing half finished games yearly." Yeah, yeah like they're they're aware of what um they're aware of like the um quality, but they still want to keep keep releasing things at the at the pace they're releasing them, but with a yeah, better yeah. quality. And it's like, yeah, no, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, that, that, that's, they've got that, like that, investors, the... they've got profit margins, they've got to keep. And look at Pokemon Scarlet Violet, like it dog shit quality, but then at the same time, um, but but that that's the interesting thing, right? right? Is that is that 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 approach, I mean, it, it, that's even bloody what happened with Linus Tech Tips in terms of just the relentlessly pushing shit out and it being a big deal when they have to take a break just at all. That it seems like the financial conditions are now making it almost an economies of scale thing where there are places that are too big where for a game to be good, it would actually cost them too much to make it good for how big they are, if that makes any sense. Where you you'd start looking at the sweet spot being single or double A uh, developers rather than triple A, just because they don't have as many people, and so therefore the the trade off on needing to polish it to what a triple A game is doesn't force them into needing to just push it out as soon as they can. I don't know if there are any legs to it, but it was just an interesting sort of, I don't know theory craft discussion point. We at the same time, game no, I- no. no idea what's happening with. Indies in the middle of this either, because I imagine if if video games, which as an entertainment industry is like, I think the most profitable it has ever been, and is more profitable than like 
all sports and movies combined or some crazy maybe it's all music and movies. I don't know. It's like two two you would think fairly large entertainment industries together is not the size of video games. That in the midst of all that, if with all of that profit being thrown around and value being created or or utilized, that it's gonna start smacking indie developers as well. Because if the if the guys at the top are starting to feel it, that it can't be easy for the guys at the bottom either. I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's a it's it's a very very turbulent time. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see yeah. what happens. And holy shit, I just want Mass Effect Four to be good. Please, Bioware, please. I don't ask for a lot. I do have a bit of good news out of this situation, but I'll I want to save that for when this topic is done. Done. I think this topic is done. Done. Yeah. Okay. Done. Okay. So just just a bit of good news out of the situation. Like, okay, it it sucks for this guy, um, Joss Hendricks. He was at Bioware for over 14 and a half years, um, and he was one of the people and laid they, off. They, and they summarily exited him in the middle of the studio. That That's terrible. No, no, not that. Um, so yeah, it works there for almost 15 years as a um, level designer and mission designer for their games. It, he was laid off earlier this year, and he is, he, he's found a job at Sucker Punch, which, which is oh, good yeah. for him. Like, glad he was able to get oh, back oh, onto oh, his feet. Let him suck. Oh, punch. Let him um, kill. No, that's that's that's. <laughs> no, that, that that is cool. You do. I I I always enjoy realizing that someone who worked on a game that I like moving to another developer that I already have a predisposition to liking because to me that's ah oh, one of the guys who probably helped turn Mass Effect two into and three into one of the things that I like so much is now moving to the studio that brought me Infamous and Sly. Great. Win-win. Yeah, like, also, as a general, like, quick joke tangent, is that, like, it's it's amazing how many of these stories end with developers get let off from massive studio layoffs. Bunch of them end up at Sony Studios. Yeah, right, so it's okay when Sony, Sony buys people, but Microsoft tries to buy a little, no, a little unknown dev- indie developer uh, for a very <laughs> modest sum. Uh, could you, could, you, could you explain who that developer and what that sum is? No, you wouldn't know him. She goes to a different school. Okay, fair enough. You know what? Maybe they should have him. Yep. Click. There you go. You got the screenshot. We got him, fellas. Yes, anyway, the game studio we're going to make, I can be the ideas guy. Um, I'm out. Nah. I, you know what? I'm out too. I just want to talk about how much PlayStation is fucking up the, themselves right now. Oh, yeah. Go on. Tell us. Yeah, Let so remember that, sh- remember that shitty uh, tablet screen that only plays PlayStation 5 games? Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, so Sony's come out and said, yeah, that's coming out November 15th for 200 US dollars. 200 fucking US dollars for, <laughs> for a video camera set up in front of your TV. Um, <laughs> woo. It, it's not looking good, fellas, and I still hate that it's called the PSP. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. They did. They did. PlayStation PSA. I That's will not be getting this. How about you guys? Absolutely no, not. Stop saying that. I never was. I don't have a PS5. What Do you know I how many Final Fantasy 16 collector's editions I could buy for 200 US dollars? None. Half. <laughs> I don't know which of those answers is funnier, actually. Just half a collector's edition. Like, I go, I go halfsies with someone else. and uh, You went halfsies with me and I kept it. <laughs> <laughs> it was my excuse for a 6-1. True. Hey, you so, hey, you so much. Uh, anyway, Look, if so, I don't feed Square Enix, who is? Good question. I would. Bring your stuff out to Xbox. I'll feed you. No, 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 no. You'll just wait till it comes on Game Pass. 
Yeah. The, so let's, let's pretend to Sony fucking themselves over for a sec. So not only are they fucking themselves over by trying to donate what looks like a glorified ring doorbell viewer uh, for 200 bucks, but they are also putting up the prices of PlayStation Plus, which I don't know about you guys, but I get costs are going up across the board, but at least at least give us a fucking reason for, for a price increase on an online service that you provided for the same price for X number of X amount of time. You know what? Maybe, maybe I would get it if it was a slight increase, but it's going up a third of the price across the board. Yeah, it's gone up high, and at the same time, I don't really want to hear the reason that a billionaire company is jacking up prices. It's- Jim Ryan needs a second yacht and a third <laughs> Final Fantasy 16 collector's edition that he's going to gift to me. I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, this, this one, I don't know, this one does not feel like it does not spark uh, joy. Uh, yeah, it does not spark joy. Sony is in the lead, and Sony move. believes they can get away with whatever they want. It's quite, yeah. It is. It is like what twenty bucks a week. Oh, sorry, but next twenty bucks a month. Like it's, it's not 20, a small an extra twenty dollars a year. Oh, okay, a okay. Year. okay let's, yeah. let, let's let's break it down. So it's the essential, which gives you online play, cloud saves, and free monthly games, is going from sixty dollars to eighty US dollars. The extra plan, which is um, their kind of version of Game Pass where they give you a big library of PS4 and PS5 games. That's going from 100 US dollars to 135 US dollars. And their premium plan, which is all of that, as well as PS1 and PS2 games, is going from and, 100 And the trailers. Sorry, the demos. Don't forget the demos. And, yeah, and the time-limited demos. That's going from $120 to $160. And that price is going up September 6th. Wait, that's... That's like, like two now. days from now. Yeah. They're saying if you already have a subscription and your renewal date is coming up, then the price won't affect you until November 6th. Use a VPN and get it from Turkey. (laughs) That's that's the gamer strat. um, Someone mentioned that you can pre-buy the next block of a subscription if you want to lock in the lower price, but man, I don't know. (laughs) That's like a workaround you shouldn't have to do. Yeah. And... From everyone I've seen talk about it, the premium plan is just absolutely not worth it. Like, their release of older games is slower than Nintendo putting uh, old games on their service. Grim. Absolutely fucking grim. Imagine being compared to Nintendo and, like, losing. (laughs) And And when you get it, it's shit like Pursuit Force from PSP being put onto the service. Yo, Pursuit Force, let's go. Is that a good game? I have no idea. No. Oh, okay. Right. As far as I know, no. I had one friend in high school that swore by it, but he's the only person I've ever seen say they liked Pursuit Force. Oh, well, better luck next time. Us Game Pass chads, yeah? They still don't have the Sly or Ratchet games on there, but they have the entire Siphon Filter series on there. Who the fuck cares about Siphon Filter? <laughs> We've talked about this. We're all confused as to why that's the case. Oh, man. Oh. Better luck next time. Like, mm. news like this honestly makes me go, maybe maybe next gen I won't get a PlayStation. Maybe I'll just, Ooh, maybe I'll just save Xbox, my hey? money and go him. full PC and Nintendo. But Microsoft chads, he's in our grass. You, 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 know, you know what's funny? No. Thanks, the- thanks, for, thanks for introducing paid online Xbox. This is all your <laughs> You're fault. It's true. You're welcome, by the way. All of the, um, all of the, specifically Xbox people who think that the, 
Activision Blizzard acquisition isn't going to somehow bite them in the ass down the track stuns me. That's yeah. My, Microsoft, Sorry, Microsoft is paying $70 billion. They're not doing that for the gamers. So, so there's two more things <laughs> yeah, I want are. to bring up on this point <laughs> before we move on. The first one is, hey, guess what games are being added to PlayStation Plus this month to like, incentivize, you, incentivize you to pay that extra 20 US dollars? It's Generation Zero, a game I've never heard of, Black <laughs> Desert Travel- Traveler Edition, and the new Saints Row that everybody hates. <laughs> The studio Let's just go. closed down, they probably got it for cheap. Yeah, the studio just closed down, they're not going to get the PlayStation Plus bonus from that. <laughs> and the second point is that it's very heavily speculated that the reason this is going up is because PlayStation Plus subscriber numbers have plateaued for a long time, like they're not getting any growth at all, so there's no more money they can make <laughs> besides charging the people no. already on their extra money. No growth, bring up price. Look, I went to university. I believe Game marketing. Pass did the same thing. Game Pass hit a plateau, uh, and then they were like, "Okay, yep, price time going to up." Squeeze the we're peasants. We're no doing the one dollar trial. Yeah, oh yeah, and the Game Pass thing—it has been waiting for some good games like um, Redfall and Starfield, and they've got like a couple of like good things coming out on release as well. Like City Skylines Two is also dropping day one, it, but it's 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 in the pipeline and. From my understanding, Xbox does see that. Oh, this game's coming out. Um, some people will buy either a month or three months. But at the same time, I think people that focus on that aren't the. Yeah, the, yeah, they'll, they'll continue to do that. They'll they'll dip in, they'll dip out. It's probably peaks and troughs around like holiday periods where it's like summer in the US or Christmas, and someone gets an Xbox at Christmas, and it's like, oh, I've got three months of Game Pass, and they use it, and it's like, oh yeah, I didn't really use it that much. Yeah, that, that essentially happened with me with PC Game Pass. I was like, oh hey, I got three months for free. Oh wait! I downloaded all these games and didn't launch a single one. I'm just un- I'm I'm not resubscribing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas me, it was like it's loosely. I try to play one purchase game and one Game Pass game uh, simultaneously. But yeah, it's it's just if if that is the case, it's such a shitty practice that it's like, oh hey, our subscriber numbers plateaued. I guess we- if we're not going to make more money by more people coming in, then we're just going to charge the people already here more and punish them for being on the service. Mm-hmm. Anyway, why don't we roll it up with the final news of the week? We have some some good news. Cool. Yeah. Huge, if true. Uh, what what is what is the good word, Seth? What is the good news? Uh, we 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 were shown more Mario Wonder stuff with their Mario Wonder Directs. It it, it looks really good, like way better than any of the new Super Mario Brothers games looks. All because they included Daisy in the playable roster. That's it. That's all they needed to improve it. What do you mean? Waluigi is now a playable character. No, uh, we no one cares about Waluigi, especially not Smash fans. No, hang on, just a sec. Um, yeah, I I haven't been paying a huge amount of attention to Super Mario Bros. Wonder. I I know that uh, this was talked about after the Nintendo Direct, where they just announced a butt ton of of Super Mario stuff. So definitely much more in the wheelhouse of of you two. But uh, yeah, it looks like a bunch of news dropped. And if you say it looks good, cool. Uh, I'll take your word for it. I'm still a little on the fence about the the hype for it, but it certainly looks different. Yeah, I think that's the I think that's the neat thing about it. It looks different. And there was some news after the directs came out where some of the developers were like, "Yeah, so we weren't given a deadline for this game. They they were just like, "Yeah, no, let's just go through the um creative process for as long as we need to." and churn out as many ideas as we can. And that all basically 
spawned this game. Like a lot of the um the wonder seed kind of gimmicks throughout the entire game are just like, yeah, no, this is a one-off idea that we thought of. We thought it would be cool. So we put it in the game. And I think that's a pretty interesting way to go about game development where it's just mm. like, yeah, no, there's no hard deadline. We'll just, when it's done, it's done. We're just going to keep churning out ideas until we have a solid game made. That's good. That's, that's Nintendo magic. Like, I don't really care about 2D Mario games, but literally like, yeah, it'll come out when it's ready. And when it comes out, it's like, holy shit, this is I can't believe that when this um, game comes out and it flops, Nintendo is going to have to sunset Nintendo. Yeah, sunset they, Mario. They sunset the Mario series. <laughs> I lost imagine? the voice now. I got to put Mario at the yeah, pasture. Yeah, yeah. Me a new character. They 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 um they show up at the farm and EA is waiting there with a shotgun, just ready to go, and they just drop Mario off and drive away. The year of Luigi is forever. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't really have anything to comment to this. Um, any anything that you two want to touch on, or we we good? Um, just yeah, I, don't, I don't care for it. I, I do have real quick, I am a little disappointed that there's no online co-op in this. Like, they had four-player local co-op, but they've, um, they've still added an online mode that's kind of like a Dark Souls kind of asynchronous multiplayer thing <laughs> where um, players' ghosts are all in through the level as you're playing, and the ghosts can oh, interact with you. Like if, that's what if you mean. You, <laughs> yeah, like, if you die, then... Um, it, uh, you you'll spawn into like a um a ghost, and if another player touches your ghost, and you get revived without losing one of your lives. I just I um, I, I, I the, love the oh, the brief period where I lived in the reality where you could just invade another player's Mario platforming game. <laughs> I mean that that's essentially the next one I was going to get into is like you you can leave like little checkpoints throughout levels where you think people will die a lot, and so instead of having to be there, like people just they see your checkpoints and when they die at a hard part, they just go touch that and they get revived. So it takes out the whole ghost interaction part of it. And then they also have like, oh yeah, here's a, here's a lobby system you can make with friends and you'll see their ghosts in real time. Or you can all load up a level together and go into like a race mode. So it's, it's still not like online co-op, but an online race is a pretty neat idea. Mm. So yeah, there's neat stuff in here. Kind of little disappointments. Um, also wanted to quickly throw in because I'm watching the thing at the moment and it just popped up. Um, they've also made Yoshi and Nabbit playable, and they've made both of them like super easy modes. Like Yoshi gets to keep his flutter jump. Um, both characters are just invincible. They they're just like bonus characters to help make the game easier if you need it. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw a couple of screenshots. Like the ideas make me feel that this is the they've run, not that they've run out of ideas but they're just cram, cramming wacky shit into it um they've like they've obviously got they've brought in someone that wears like a, a bright purple suit into work and it's like yeah what do you think should be in this game and he's just they just let him talk yeah what do you mean that, that was three goombas in a trench coat oh really and they still advocated for unions <laughs> good <laughs> I thought we hated unions. Are we in the union? Is there a podcast union? Well, Should I'm we saying, get a part of it, if fellas? Goombas, if Goombas are advertising unions and Goombas work with Bowser, unions are literally evil. Yeah, I was good. Yeah, cool. Unions, Look. unions, unions, unions. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, if there was a podcast union, I would have joined one so I'd get a fair pay. Yeah, and that's why yeah, we do keep, pay you fairly. Yeah, we- <laughs> you were paid the exact same as me and Patrick are paid. All right, all right, Seth. 
Equal pay for equal work. So b- before this you- isn't equal work. I do more. So, so before you, there are two <laughs> pathways. I create the docket. I literally carry this podcast on my back. If I didn't create that docket, what we would literally just be looking at each other, uh, talking about the purple suited guy, the grimace in Mario. Wonder <laughs> the grimace. In my- Jesus Christ. <laughs> You reckon one of the wonder flowers is just do the grimace shake? <laughs> just instantly kills the person that gets it. Hang um, on, let him grimace. No, uh, That's essentially what happens when you touch a wonder flower. <laughs> uh, Seth, Seth, before you, there are two pathways. Uh, on one pathway, <laughs> everything continues as normal. There's no talk of unions. No one gets paid anything and life goes on. The other pathway, we suddenly have to start paying you. That, that hurts the bottom line and we have to let one of us go. I'm willing to sacrifice Steven for another copy of the Final Fantasy 16 Collector's Edition. I fucking knew it. Well, maybe, will the Final Fantasy Collector's Edition create the docket? Yes. Uh, I, I, love well. the, I love the idea that none of us are earning any money from this, and we're still like, yeah, we're going to have to let you go, Steve. It's <laughs> 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 like literally working for free, but I'm sorry, it's just, it's just not working out. It's just not working out yet. Shiba Feces is in really fast travel lounge if we don't have Steven. <laughs> Some might say no. I would. It would have to be. So if, 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 one of, if each of us represents a word in our title, like I'm fast, Seth is travel, and Pat's lounge. I don't like this. You have, to call you, <laughs> you have to call yourself travel lounge. And then all you are is some wanky early 20s podcast on traveling Western Europe and getting drunk in weird places. No, we, we become a playable character in um, Bomb Rush Cyberpunk. We're, we're not really fast, but we're traveling and grooving. Oh, mid. Don't know what I, I love the idea there. that we had to we had to turn into turn ourselves into a six out of ten <laughs> game and lose Steven ju- just for the meme. Hold on, hold on. The median was seven out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I said. <laughs> I can't skate for shit. Anyway, uh, this brings us to the end of the news for this week. Uh, thank you both once again. Uh, hey, no welcome worries. back. No, thank you as well. Thank you. Oh, You've been such thank a great you for host. thanking me. That's that that really that really makes my day. And and evening and night and maybe week. Who knows? It was um, Stevening. Remember that? I'm I'm. I'm remember, remember I said that last week. Yeah, and it was really and funny. Now, now my <laughs> week, uh, month, and life. Actually, the whole the whole. Steven, you're extending this so it hits midnight for him, and he. I can hear in his voice that he's panicking. <laughs> uh, he's got twenty more minutes. Well, round us out. Don't then. don't don't make it don't make it sound like a challenge. Uh, no audience question this week, but if there's a question that you'd like us to answer, get in touch. We're on Facebook at Boss Travel Lounge. Twitter slash X at Fast Travel Lounge minus one of the L's or good old Fast Travel Lounge at gmail.com. Uh, if you have enjoyed this, I think I think of all of the episode 89s that we've done, this one's the best. I reckon this Gotta one's the most 89th. Mm, mm, yeah, I, I, can, I can see why you'd say that. Uh, but if you, <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you agree with Steve or, or don't, feel free to, to give us a, a rating, a review, a, a like, a subscription on whatever platform you're listening to this on really uh, helps helps us spread the degeneracy. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know uh, how else to explain as, it. No, there's just really no other good reason or, or purpose for the call to action, really. But, of course, we're, we're now at the end of episode 89. Uh, anything we want to tease for, for next week? Starfield! That, Forget yep, Starfield, I started an armored coming. core. I'm ready hey, to be filtered. Now, now we're talking. Ah, skilted. Skill issue. It literally, I watched a video after I finished my session of playing Armored Core yesterday, and it literally said, if you're having trouble with this boss, it's a skill issue. <laughs> Grim. Well, oh. I can't wait for that therapy session next week. Uh, nothing in the cards. Actually, actually, in the cards, I might have started Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. 
Not that I'll have gone any further to like talking about it, but I just I'm I want to be done with my 3Ds. <laughs> I've I've spent so many hours just trying to finish it off. I didn't bring it up in Round the Lunch because it's just been that brain rot grind. But once it's done, give that Grinius a Vikings funeral. No, I'm I'm, st I'm still gonna still gonna keep it around. Like, what else am I gonna play Omega Ruby slash Alpha Sapphire on? Um, actually, been using it so much that the I think I mentioned this that the thumb pad started like yeah. uh, coming off. Yeah, uh, Grim. Time to get yeah, a new one. I've actually got two uh, 3DSs. I've got the Animal Crossing 3DS and the Legend of Zelda a Link Between the Worlds 3DS. XL. Nice. Yeah. Well, you get to hear Steve shill two of his 3DSs, the, the, the 2DS, if you will, um, as well <laughs> as some Armored Core and some Starfield next week. But until then, I've been Patrick. I've been joined by Seth and Steve. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Happy birthday, Todd Howard. Buy his game.